right, guys, honestly, I think this cold open writes itself. We got space, we got final, a little bit like Star Trek. Can we get in, like, a Final Frontier thing in here somewhere? It's not, it's not fucking Star Trek. Not every space is Star Trek. I mean, no, Laura said, every space. La- Laura said <laughs> while we were watching the damn show, she's like, I'm a sucker for anything that's kind of Star Trek, and I was like, it's not fucking Star Trek. Okay. It's, it's just in space. Listen, what If I- anything, Hugh is parodying Space Odyssey. Yes, obviously, yes. But what I mean is I kind of absolutely dig, like, the, like, space military, like, space exploration groups a la Starfleet and whatever Infinity Guard is. I like stuff like that. I like things, I like characters being in Captain. I don't know. I just like the aesthetic So of no it. one can organize in space without it being a Star Trek? Yeah. Space organization has been copyrighted. Listen, if you're, like, doing, like, fucking... If you're, like, doing the Wildlife Foundation but in space, that's not Star Trek. If you're doing space military, that's Star Trek. The Evil Empire is not Star Trek because they have wizards. And I'm not very up-to-date with Star Trek, but I don't think that they have wizards. Not Q. Is Q, he's... Is Q a wizard? Mm. Pretty much. Mm, well, it, well, he's I mean, a wizard if wizards were cooler, somehow. Well, I mean, Jedi are, are wizards, but cooler. It's like yeah, but I like Star Trek more than I like Star Wars. It's like if he had all of the powers of Lord Commander and then more, but the personality of Kevin. <laughs> That's Q. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, quite frankly, Gavin, you're trying to you're trying to sell me on Star Trek, but I think this might make me like afraid to watch Star Trek. Are you Trek. kidding? Q nah, is Q fucking is, great. He's a fucking chaos god. It's awesome. Nick, I right, will right, 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 personally right, 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 curate right, right. a list of Star Trek: The Next Generation's episode three to watch. Don't tempt me, guys, 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 guys. Ass, guys. I'm not saying that it sounds bad. I'm uh-huh. saying that it sounds viscerally terrifying. If I have to imagine Kevin uh-huh. with powers unto a god. Uh-huh. Then, like, I don't think I could sleep at night. I mean, you know that's going to be one of the main plot points in Final Space Season 2, right? I mean, I do like Q more than I like Kevin, so, like... You do realize that Kevin's going to get all of Lord Commander's powers for at least a short period, right? I mean, I've got until then, right? Alright. I've got until then to live my life, (laughs) because I guess after that it's over. You can enjoy the show until then. No, no, no. I mean, enjoy my life until then. I mean, I can enjoy my life until then. I mean, I, I think that after that point, it's like, all right, I guess I'm like die now. I guess I have to die now that I've seen that. I've seen everything. Why am I here anymore? I think that Kevin would kill me. The grand cosmos is going to open up to you. He's going to look you in the eyes and say, what are you still doing here? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> You're either talking about... And then you'll walk towards the light. You're either talking about Ferris Bueller or Deadpool. I am talking about Ferris Bueller, and Deadpool was also talking about Ferris Bueller, so I'm talking about Ferris Bueller. No, 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 no. I mean, specifically, the voice that greets me at the end of my life, either it's Ferris Bueller who tells me that, or Deadpool that tells me that. Why not both? Well, I hope it's Deadpool. Holy shit. Deadpool to carry me in the afterlife. Guys, forget about the Pixar theory. Ferris Bueller directly to Deadpool. Let's go. (laughs) 
Nah, it can't happen because for Deadpool to have referenced Ferris Bueller, um, Ferris Bueller would have to be media inside of Deadpool. Actually, with how much Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, shit. I think no, Ferris Bueller also breaks the fourth wall. No, he doesn't. He's just being. He a, does. No, he, spe- he speaks directly to the audience. No, that's not breaking the fourth wall. That's a sort of. I'm telling my story after the fact it happened, and I'm narrating it, but he also here's it going on but who's as he well. Tell- but, but who's he talking to? The audience. And what does Deadpool do? Talking to the audience. <laughs> but Deadpool talks to the audience while it's happening, while Ferris Bueller talks to the audience after the fact in a sort of recap manner. True, but that was before he got his mutant powers. <laughs> what? That was before he got his mutant powers. Hey everyone, welcome to Storyboard. My name's Laura. What are you talking about? That was before God he got his it. mutant Please, powers. Please, can we start the episode? <laughs> I'm Nick. No, this is important. <laughs> He's Gavin, and this is Final Space. <laughs> no, this is Storyboard. We watched Final Space. It's Storyboard. We watched Final Space. Are you implying that Ryan Reynolds has always had the power to break the fourth wall? No, I'm implying that Ferris Bueller, the kid, Ferris Bueller, was named Ferris Bueller, and then he had all of Ferris Bueller's adventures, and then he, after and then after or possibly in lieu of college, he decided to become an assassin or mercenary, changed his name to Wade Wilson, which already <laughs> sounds like a fake name. <laughs> went on his whole adventures. Got got uh, kidnapped, by- got really hot, <laughs> then fell from glory really hard. It's still hot. Got kidnapped by Ajax, got his mutant powers because he got put in a, a tanning bed. Are you saying... Y'all... Are you saying that old avocado fucked by an oldier, grodier avocado, Wade Wilson, is still hot? If we're talking about this episode's avocado, I can see it. No, but... No, but what... <laughs> <laughs> Transition! Avocado x Deadpool. I want that fanfic on my desk by Monday. No, Avocado was Ferris Bueller's father. Ryan Reynolds is still pretty hot, even when he's all Ferris Bueller Exactly. exactly. Little yeah. Cotto no, no, is Ferris no, Bueller. No, no, no. And then hey. he becomes Deadpool. Hey, everyone. Hey, can we talk about some final space? Right, yes. Eat shit, Pixar <laughs> Theory. I feel like I'm gonna die. While I do, um... While I do stand behind Gavin's previous statement about the Pixar theory, um, there you go. Um, this this episode we did watch Final Space, and it was Final Space. Nick, why did we watch Final Space? We watched Final Space because I told them to watch Final Space. Really, I thought it was Final Space season two was coming out. <laughs> Nick really likes Final Space. Nick really likes Final Space. I wouldn't say really. Well, I do really like Final Space. I wouldn't but say I like it. I wouldn't say like. Well, no, I do like Final Space. More like cultist idolization? Gavin, I prefer to think of it as my religion. <laughs> as we know, there is no difference between a cult and a religion. Well, one has a connotative sense of being bigger and more accepted, but other than that, like, no, there really isn't. Anyway... Um, uh, uh, that was beautiful. Anyway, uh, I did tell them to watch Final Next time we should do the uh, IMAX theme. That was what I was going for. That's Thux. IMAX, that's Thux. 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, we watched Final Space because uh, season two is now airing. Yeah, um, no, season two just came out. We watched uh, season still one. airing. Uh, no, it's not released on a streaming platform where they where they release all the episodes at the same time. They're slow baking this this shit. Okay, they're doing it old fashioned. Season two is out. In that season two is like a thing that is now existing. Right. Which uh, is what I meant. Season two premiered. Why, why right. So yes, season two premiered. Season two um, has premiered and episodes are coming out. Because Netflix has poisoned our minds. So we've decided Turn to crops. So we've decided to take this opportunity <laughs> to look back on the long ten episode road that has gotten us here. Except we um, only watch five of them. And even then we hopped around a bit. Yeah, we got the good ones. Anyway, um, we use Nick as our spirit guide yeah. throughout this tumultuous journey of follow, Final Space Season 1. Follow me, my children. They're gonna say crap a lot. Papa. Who's that, Papa? I'm like two years older than That's you. That's David Tennant. <laughs> David, David it's David Tennant, everyone. David Tennant is in the show, and you can't fucking tell because his voice is chopped and screwed to hell. He also, I mean, unless David Tennant can just really get nasty. Yeah, he can. I mean, he can. Also, I mean, it may just be me, but he doesn't really look like David Tennant. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Makeup team was on point. Anyway, um, hi guys, welcome to Storyboard. This is a podcast about animation where we watch animated shows that are animated and voice acted. And then have really you see, voice acting is a concept okay. where you have to give a voice to a character who is animated oh, because it's not actually you appearing okay. on the screen. Hey, anyway, yeah. I'm gonna say what episode we watched. Because All right, yeah, this go needs for it. to be on track soon, or we're going to kill a lot of civilians. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Trains can't be off the tracks. We watched episode one, episode two, episode four, episode six, and episode eight. And Nick gave us some quick... Gavin, have you watched all of this? Yes. Okay, so it's just You've watched me. all of it? Well, no, but I've watched all of this. All okay, that, all the episodes we've up seen. Up to we... Actually, I hadn't seen episode 8 before today. That's what I was thinking. Like, there was a specific bit in episode 8 that you were really loving. And I, and I was I, wouldn't, I was I was thinking that was your first time seeing it. Yeah, that was... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Okay. Um... Nick gave us a quick run-through of the episodes we didn't watch. So I've taken the liberty to uh, rename all of the episodes. Uh, episode 1, the one where it starts. Episode 2, the one with Conan O'Brien. Episode 4, the one where they go into space twice. Episode 6, the sad one. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Episode 8, the the sassy one. Oh, spoiler warning, by the way. Especially when we get to episode oh, 6. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Major spoiler warnings. I mean, we, we're going to tell we'll you... We'll say it again before we get to episode 6, but hot dang. Well, like, huge, <clears throat> pendulous spoiler warnings. Just mondo spoilers. I mean, we do generally tell the audience the entire plot of each episode so like can i rename episode six what's episode uh, six build them up knock them down <sighs> ouch well let's get into it right yes um who wants to talk about episode one the one where it starts uh, well nick should talk about episode one because then it'll be one of the two people who talks about episodes twice okay um well uh a bit of uh introduction to the show itself 
Final Space is a sci-fi comedy show directed by Olin Rogers and David Sachs. Um, originally, the main creator of the show, Olin Rogers, put this out, uh, well, really far back originally, it was a short-lived web series that he put out on his YouTube channel. Um, and then later he uh, worked with a, um, a small animation team to put it together into a more cohesive pilot, uh, and he put that on the internet. Uh, and it was really good. So good, in fact, that uh, Conan O'Brien ended up seeing it at some point, and he contacted Olin Rogers and said that he wanted to invest in the show and uh, come on as a producer. Um, so they kind of put together some stuff, put together a pitch, and they went to several different networks in order to uh, pitch the idea for the show. And after a little bit, they ended up getting the word that all three of them wanted it, and they were going into a bidding war for it, <laughs> which is really, really good. Uh, so it ended up getting picked up by TBS uh, for their animation block, and that's where we got the show. Uh, it went into production, and it came out in the year 2018, summer of 2018. It was the summer of 2018. It was the summer of 2018. Back in the summer of 69. Was the best days of my life. Oh yeah. Okay, so episode one opens on uh, our main character Gary on the ship, the Galaxy One. Gary is a prisoner aboard the ship, but it is a it is a Galaxy or it is an Infinity Ward. Damn it, Infinity <laughs> Guard, <laughs> Infinity Guard prison ship because he is wearing an infinity guard prisoner uniform um so gary is on this ship as a result of him blowing up 92 infinity guard cruisers because he was trying to impress a girl that girl being quinn and she comes back later um he is on this ship with hugh the ship's ai a bunch of oh voiced by tom kenny a bunch of robots also voiced by tom kenny and kevin who's an asshole. <laughs> Is Kevin voiced by Tom Kenny? No, okay. he's voiced by someone different. Kevin is essentially Claptrap from Borderlands, except he's a little sphere that floats around, and... Or perhaps Wheatley from Portal 2. Yeah, but, like, Wheatley's still charming. <laughs> Kevin is not charming. <laughs> Kevin is extremely charming. <laughs> Kevin's an asshole, and he's hilarious. I... Kevin's charming to the audience. I like I like Kevin's whole arc with the audience where you can't really tell if Kevin's just an idiot or if he's deliberately an asshole and then you find out, oh my god, it's both, but mostly the latter. <laughs> yeah. Um And that is who Gary has been with for five years. He's been repairing satellites and basically just serving off his sentence. Until, while he's fixing a satellite, he he encounters Mooncake. Who is a little green ball with antennas and nubbins on the bottom. Um, Love him. Who's really great. He only says chokity. Chokity! And pock. Says chokity pock. Chokity pock! <laughs> he's great. He's fantastic. He says wow at one He point. does wow. say wow. He does say wow. But after a short time of Gary getting to know Mooncake, bounty hunters show up sent by the Lord Commander, who is the villain and Small, and David Tennant, and has the Force. I would like to say that um, Gary does immediately decide he would die for Mooncake. Like, same. He, no, like, I mean, like, 
at the most an hour later. Right. <laughs> he is straight up, I will die for this thing. And to be honest, that's fair. Oh. That's fair, I met him. He named it after a caterpillar he used to have, which I thought was adorable. He did. He named it after a caterpillar that his dad gave to him. So, bounty hunters show up to find Mooncake, because he's important. One of the bounty hunters is a cat. Um, that comes into play later. But in an attempt to get away from the bounty hunters, they uh, lightfold, which is what they call going warp speed, which is cool. They lightfold next to a planet with, like, an asteroid field around it, which really does a number on the ship, and also Gary's chances of survival, because now he's not in the ship anymore. But rather than abandon Mooncake to try and get back to the ship, he says, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to do the thing that I know isn't going to work if I have Mooncake, and just do it anyway. And it doesn't work, but then Mooncake turns around and shoots a laser at all the asteroids. And then it's, then it's all fine. And saves Gary. It's good. Does save Gary. That is that very important. That bit's crucial. That is important. Because Gary jettisoned his oxygen. He did. Mm-hmm. To try and get back to the ship, so he was suffocating and dying. Right. And then Gary goes and meets uh, the cat, whose name is Avocado. I love him. Avocado is great. Uh, his name is spelled A-V-O-C-A-T-O, which is... Alright. <laughs> good, good one. Though... I will say, it sounds like a really dumb pun. It is a really dumb pun, but it makes a little bit more sense when you learn that the voice actor is named Cody Galloway, except that his except his name is spelled with a T as well. So, where did he put a T in Galloway? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. So that's episode one. That is, the, that is what happens in episode one. Um, as far as what to discuss with episode one, I think the first thing that jumps out to me is Gary himself. How about freaking no, Hugh? <laughs> Boom! I immediately both loved and was annoyed by him, which I feel like was the intended uh, reaction. That's basically how everybody feels about him. Gary... Congratulations, Gary. See, Gary is, is an interesting case study because everybody is annoyed by Gary and also likes Gary but the ratio of annoy to like really determines how much you're going to enjoy the show. <laughs> if you can look over the fact that Gary, quite honestly, a lot of the times is pretty annoying, then you're probably going to like the show. But if that bothers you to a point where you don't like Gary, there's a good chance you're not going to like the show. Just the way he talks is just like... Kind of the voice of a guy who, like, thinks he's all that and is, like, constantly, like, monologuing his life like he's in an action movie, you know? Right. But I think the other thing, the thing that kind of made Gary seem like a real person to me, which in a lot of shows I'll see a main character, it's like, I really like you, but you don't act like a real person. The one thing that I liked about Gary is that the way that he just sounded and he constantly talked and never shut, never, just never shut up, that sounds like the kind of person who has had nobody to talk to for five years. And granted, they do show him beforehand, and he was still talking a lot to himself. But even then, it didn't seem like something that a person wouldn't do. Well, his dad died, and he only had a caterpillar to talk to for all that time. Yes, but also... Oh, actual theories. I'll get into that one later. Okay. Um, I don't know. Gary's annoying, but not annoying in a way that I couldn't see from an actual person. And not annoying to a degree where it's like, this is your personality and I hate it. 
my sister doesn't like this entire show just because she finds Gary really irredeemably annoying. Exactly. That's and that and that's fine. Gary is not for everybody. And Gary is really, really annoying, I have to say. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Nobody here is saying that Gary is not annoying. <laughs> the prob the problem with him comes with the sort of balance of like having him be annoying but also a likable character. And sometimes that balance isn't quite right. Like Gary Gary's odd because from a from a comedic writing standpoint, he's he's constantly the comic relief. Mm-hmm. And so he's the one spreading out like the most jokes. And it seems like the jokes that are the least funny, he says and draws out and repeats the most to try and milk them for whatever you can get, which is actually just it doesn't it doesn't help. It doesn't help the case. It actually makes them very, 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 very grating to, right. the, to the viewer. But I will say, Gary, I feel like also does have some of the best jokes, which are the ones that just kinda happen. Yeah, he yeah. has he has ballpark jokes and then he has clunker jokes that go on for years. With Gary and the latter is the issue. With Gary it really feels like he's just constantly throwing out like, is this gonna be funny? Is this gonna be funny? Is this gonna be funny? And sometimes they really are but a lot of times they aren't. And I feel like Gary would be a lot... I feel like he would be really, really great if he just kind of pulled back on some of those. Not on all of them, because I do feel like the idea of a person who's just constantly throwing out words, I think that does make sense for his character. And if he just stopped doing that, it would seem kind of weird. But having it be a bit more controlled. Yeah, if they could dial it back, that'd be great. Because, I mean... From writing a show, there is an aspect of realism that is great, but also if it's real to the point where it's not entertaining, you have to realize it is first and foremost a show and is meant for entertainment, and Gary is annoying as shit. Right. He gets a lot better as the season goes, though. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, he got a lot more bearable, like, through the episodes we watched, but for, like, the first two episodes we watched, I felt like it was, like... For my enjoyment, it was mainly hinging on uh, Hugh and Mooncake and Avocado. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do feel like that is kind of that is kind of a testament to how the show gets you to, to like the characters over time. Mm-hmm. Because at first, I wasn't a fan of, of Gary, but as it kept going, he started to grow on me, which I appreciate. Right. So as far as other things that happen in the show, oh, we also have Hugh, who's absolutely fantastic. Hold on, to that point real quick, I don't think it was planned. I think it's more of this is really Olin's first rodeo, and he's kind of stumbling through this, but he's also listening and oh, making yeah. adjustments we'll, as needed. We will definitely get into that later. <laughs> yeah. We will definitely get into that later. Which is very commendable, and Gary's already gotten a lot better, so Olin, kudos to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that later because I'm still warming up my vocal cords to sing all that praise. <laughs> um, nah, Nick Nick is such a huge Owen fan. Like, oh boy, shit. Howdy. Anyway, so the other character, like we really get introduced to all of the, the main ensemble cast in this one except for one who shows up later. Other than that, we have Hugh, which I feel like is a really, really great foil to Gary because mm-hmm. Hugh doesn't make many jokes, but when he does, they're bang slammers. Yeah, they're awesome. Hugh. Hugh is Hugh is that kind of character who, like, for the most part, is really dry. So as soon as they show any humor, it's absolutely hysterical. It's because he's an AI. He's the Hell Nine Thousand, except not gonna kill anyone. I've been watching a shitload of Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> lately, and he is Lieutenant Holt. 
<laughs> He's Lieutenant Holt, but with a little bit more chill. Now, Is now, he? now I want, yeah. now I want to hear in in his like robot voice. I just want to hear him like win a bet and be like, "Hot damn!" <laughs> Is Holt a lieutenant? I don't know how I picked that up, but I I don't Should consciously I? know that. But I think no, I no, it's Captain Hook. Uh, captain Holt. Well, yeah, he's a captain. He's the captain of the 9-9, but what's his actual rank as a lieutenant? No, it's captain. Captain is the rank. Is it? Yeah. Oh. All right. I know that because captain is ahead of sergeant and uh, Terry Crews. Well, Terry is sergeant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Terry's sergeant, and so captain has to be above that, so it can't be lieutenant. Okay, you're right. Anyway, um, Hugh's great, but I feel like his being an AI is not the reason that he's, is not the only reason that he's, like, cold and and like dry because kevin is also technically an ai and he is the opposite (laughs) what i really like about hugh is that he does have personality like my first thought was like okay we got this robot ai character all right i know the drill no he's got lots of personality actually (laughs) get off my cheeks gary (laughs) he hugh but I feel like a large part of that is because he was also around Gary for five years. <laughs> like, and like, Kevin. That's true. Poor I, robot. I Poor feel AI like, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's he, he like like you think it's bad for Gary? Hugh's been stranded on this ship with Gary and Kevin. You think he's a warden? He's a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he is. Yeah. Also, Kevin. He was put on the ship as Gary's deep space insanity avoidance companion. And see, the joke is that he's not. He is not that. I don't know. It might have been a cruel joke that they put Kevin on there with him. It probably was. It felt like more punishment. (laughs) Now that I think about it, it is a little bit strange that they took this big giant prison ship and put only Gary on it. And they also put Kevin in there. Like, that is not designed for one person. What if Kevin is also imprisoned? Wait. <laughs> I mean, Kevin's a robot. <laughs> yeah, he's been programmed with free will. You know what's weird? You know what's weird? This is a minor spoiler. Kevin isn't the only Kevin. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. There are actually a bunch of Kevins, and you think like, oh, yeah, they're just like Kevin units, but Kevin is insane. No, they're all nuts. Aww. They're all insane, and for some reason they made a bunch of them. Great. No. I bet someone oh, made one and was like, <laughs> and then made a bunch. <laughs> control V, control C. <laughs> that my, was the wrong order. See, my personal idea is just that they may, is just that Kevin is what you get when you try to program an AI and literally anything goes wrong. It all just devolves and <laughs> collapses in on itself until you get a Kevin. And that's why they're really easy to make. And that's why there's a bunch of them. But also, they're all dumpster fires. All right, all right. We've got the premise of the show. We've got its its rich backstory. Um, anything else about the first episode? I mean, I mean, I guess the only other two main characters that are in, uh, that are introduced in the early three, I guess you could say, are Avocado Quinn and the Lord Commander. But they really get more development later on. So we'll... John DiMaggio's in this series. Hey, oh, that's right. He plays two characters in this episode yeah he keeps on playing random odds and ends i I hope they just keep on putting them as people but i doubt it oh i think they'll probably do probably i mean joe dimaggio is a big fucking deal you gotta use that man well so is tom kenny but they used him a lot in 
I'm not sure if John DiMaggio shows up later on, but I know he plays two parts in this one. One is Dr. They say his name. I can't remember what it was. Dr. And, and the other one is, is Turk. He's chasing Gary through the streets on Earth, and then he's a bounty hunter. Yeah, then later he's Turk, who's Avocado's boss. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I think it's his partner. He's just a fellow bounty hunter who's out yeah. there doing shit as well, and then he gets, he gets like... Avocado shoots him with the most agonizing ray. Like, that ray wasn't meant to be deadly. It was meant to be agonizing and then deadly. I I can't tell if it was, like, malfunctioning because he seemed, like, tired of it after a while. I mean, with... Honestly, with the, the kind of society that Lord Commander is built up, I wouldn't put it past a weapon like that to exist. Yeah. But so I feel like that's a good um, segue into episode two. Who wants to take episode two? Uh, everybody who shoots anything, except for the main characters in the show, have Stormtrooper Syndrome. Well, that's pretty common. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, anyway, Gavin. Yeah, I'll two. take episode two. Oh, by the way, I would like to point out uh, that I drew a little doodle of um, <laughs> Mooncake. And then I drew an equal sign, and I drew a little doodle of Kirby. That so, is, uh, I do love Mooncake in the exact same way I love Kirby, in which it is a small friend package within is utter absolute destruction of a demigod, and I love them. I mean, I guess you could, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call Mooncake Eldritch. I would. He, Pretty close. I mean... The Titans are definitely Lovecraftian horrors, and Mooncake was made of their home, so... Yeah. By extension, yes. Holy shit. So episode two starts out with the Butthole song, which is where Kevin is singing a song that goes, Nothing buttholes, nothing buttholes, nothing buttholes, 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 buttholes. Nothing but holes. Filling up these holes but holes. (laughs) And it's just... It's... Did not catch that. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, you see, I know know Laura didn't catch it because she didn't react. But it's just subtle enough that you can tell it's trying to be subtle, but just not subtle at all so that you can get it. And it's hilarious. girl's over here rubbing her temples. (laughs) Oh boy. So the Galaxy One was uh, destroyed in this um... heavily damaged. Wait a minute. Okay, we gotta get to that later. It was pretty fucked up. The Galaxy One was pretty fucked up in this latest adventure, but that's nothing new. So strap in and get used to it. Um, <laughs> Gary's over there annoying the shit out of Avocado, playing cards for like nine hours straight, and uh, Avocado's over there um, singing his his. Well, first of all, he's trying to convince Gary that Mooncake is the worst thing ever, but then he tells Gary about his old little sad, you know, sob fest about his kid, and he's all dead, and probably, you know, gonna... Did he he mention his kid was dead at that point? No, he didn't mention his kid was dead. Also, his kid isn't dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was saying. (laughs) There was a couple of things wrong with that statement, but okay. Yeah, okay. He, he, he's... He mentions his sob story about how his kid is all kidnapped by the Lord Commander. Look, I don't even think he says that. Does he not? He does I not he say just that. Like Why do they go down own. to the planet? Um, because... What's Gary's motivation for going down there? Paper? Oh my gosh, I know there was a reason. 
Was it to, like, lay low? No. Oh, my gosh. They went down there specifically to get something. Gosh, I don't have it on my thing. All I have is that the starfish guy from Shadow the Hedgehog was there. Oh. No, that that was it. No, no, that was it. Oh, shit, I helped. A drone came in, sent by John DiMaggio's Turk. Uh-huh. Um, then the drone scanned Mooncake. They knew that it scanned Mooncake. Then Gary beat it to death with Kevin. And oh, they go down there fun. to go kill uh, yeah, Turk? Yeah, they went down there to go get Turk. Because he knew he was going to kill the Lord Commander. Oh, okay. Okay. That was it. Okay, continue. So, they go down there to, um... Kind of why they go down there is really meaningless and pointless, really. Because they meet Lord Commander anyways at the end there, and then Lord Commander gets pissed and rips off Gary's arm and blah blah blah. It's this whole mess. But before that, Gary eats some street meat. So that's pretty cool. I <laughs> He does get a street meet, doesn't he? He does get a street meet. They go down to this uh, planet, which is more of a giant-ass space station. Uh, They go sneaking around looking for Turk. Uh, Gary gets put into this weird flesh suit of this deceased mom (laughs) whose husband was cheating on her with, I think, her sister, but whatever. Um, Not my favorite part. (laughs) That was fun. The skin of a dead hublot. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Conan O'Brien is, is the shopkeep in there who, who forges some papers for him and, and gives Gary the, the skin. (laughs) Give me some skin. Ooh, I don't like it. Ooh, I don't like it. Good job, Conan. (laughs) Thanks, Conan. Do you think Conan asked to be a creepy motherfucker or? Oh, definitely. (laughs) As someone who's seen the first episode of season two, he def- he had to have asked, make me as creepy as possible. <laughs> Thanks, Conan O'Brien. He said, I mean, he did say the sentence, I'll touch you whenever I wish, primate. <laughs> so. <laughs> we got some fantastic racism up here. Because of course we do. Yeah. Speciesism. Speciesism. Sure. So, um, Gary... <laughs> Gets on his own adventure where he's really just fucking around, uh, posing as this family's mom, and then they eventually argue about who loves her the most, and then rip his skin off, and then they all start crying, and then he leaves. But Avocado's out doing the shit, and first he kills Turk, and then he finds his son, and then his son- Who's being held prisoner. Who's being held prisoner, and then his son, um- Starts screaming to get the hell out of there because he's a trap. And, uh... Trap happens. Yeah, the trap happens. I really didn't like that scene, though, because, like, it's very obvious that Avocado can't hear him. And then Little Kado just does nothing to pantomime that it's an ambush. He just keeps banging on the glass and screaming. It's like, come on, kid, be useful. So, um... What do you do? I would start charades. (laughs) That's what I would do. two (laughs) words! I would I would gesture for him to turn around or some shit. Uh, make, like, little gun symbols. I'd start doing shit that doesn't make sense, not just, like, keep banging on the gr- glass and crying. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, so anyways, Avocado gets, like, so captured. Not that captured, but pretty captured. <laughs> um, I mean, when... I guess it's it's not the most captured. Yeah, the secure honestly, the security in the Lord Commander's chamber room is pretty light. To be fair, he himself is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah. who 
they get away from because he gets blood splashed in his eyes because the little bastard isn't wearing blood glasses, even yeah. though he gets splashed in the face with blood, like, every day, at least three times a day, because he keeps on doing this shit, because he keeps going, where's... What's the... What's Mooncake? E35. What's... Whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, E35. Oh, God! I think it's... I think it's E35-1. Where's E35-1? And then he doesn't wait for a response. He just sort of kills them. Kind of right there. He starts making origami. Like, the guy's like, okay, so I found him here, and then he's over, and then he snaps their neck, like, before they finish the set. It Time for dude origami. <laughs> you really? Dude origami? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is what it is. You can make your dude origami after you get the answer of where Mooncake is, you bastard. So I can't believe the voice I just did was technically a David Hennon impression. <laughs> <laughs> did we we did mention what the Lord Commander's powers are, right? It's just the force. Seems like everything it's just that's telekinesis. useful for him at the moment. It's yeah. just telekinesis. Well, no, nah, it's basically just telekinesis. Well, he also did some mind controlling, some light mind control. Mind control around. and mind reading. It's yeah. Jedi Force, Jedi Mind Tricks. It's like psychic, the psychic works. It's basically all the Jedi stuff. Anyway, go on. But it's Tony Stark killing him. What? I don't follow. It's Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw? I think so. That was the Voldemort's name, right? Squidward? What? What? Infinity War? What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. No, yeah, that's his name. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, I, I was, I was just... Alluding to the fact that Tony's reactor is killing him. Kinda. Kind of. Using oh, his powers is killing him. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. Using his powers is killing him. Because he's only got so much juice. Like a little jerk. Like <laughs> exactly. a baby. So he's a baby. <laughs> I'm thinking about the scene in the last episode. No. We'll get to it later. We'll get all to right, it later. Alright. God damn. So that's when Gary's arm gets Fuck, off. that was so funny. <laughs> That's when Gary's arm gets ripped off. Okay, so Gary goes in to uh, save Avocado because he doesn't leave a bro behind because before they went onto the planet, they bro-clasped. Hell yeah. And then, uh... They clasped. And then Gary tries to uh, get the fuck out of there, but um, the Lord Commander has him by the arm, and Gary pulls with all of his might, but he's not getting anywhere because the Lord Commander has him by the arm. And Avocado tries to get him free, and they both oh, pull so hard, and then don't. the Lord Commander gives a yank, and his arm just comes yeah. off. I do like how the show very quickly gave the status quo a big ol' fuck you. I thought that was a very good moment of, like, right. hey, shit happens, and it stays like that. Like, usually when somebody gets their arm ripped off, it's meant to be, like, a symbol of, oh, this is where things get real. But no, this is episode two. Yeah. Like, shit hasn't even started yet. Like, they don't even know what the main threat is, and the guy just got his arm schladunked right, <laughs> off, right off his torso. Yeah, the Lord Commander just ripped off Gary's arm because he doesn't give a fuck, and it really gives a sense of lack of plot armor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Shit. Like, you're sitting there, and shit could go south at any time. So yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, the show does have guts. I'll give it that. Speaking of guts, Gary's insides are spurting out all oh, over the Lord Commander's face. In, don't, please don't. 
Please don't give it. And uh, it blinds them temporarily, and they sort of just run out. There's no big heavy door. There's not even like a padlock on the door, or any guards or anything. It there's was lots of just stairs, though. there's a bunch of stairs, but other than that, it was kind of just the Lord Commander who cries "Get them!" to nobody because then, nobody was around. Well, then people started trying to get them. With their yeah, guns. people started trying to get them, but they with got a huge head start because fucking no one was around. Is my point? That's true. That is true. Oh, by now I didn't know uh, Avocado's son's name, and I hoped it would be Guacamole. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping it would be Pit. (laughs) You know, I can see it. (laughs) Wait, no, no, I get it now. That's good. That's good. (sighs) Thank you. So, anyways. Never learn how to read. He knows how to read. He hacks a fucking door open. It's fine. So the rest of the episode is this giant chase scene. Um, Gary grabs his arm real quick. He's like a champ. Well, he has to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, but he's just like holding that arm. I mean, he can... I mean, he was pretty fucking upset about it when it happened. And he could be upset about it later. But right now, we gotta fucking move. Gotta get to stepping. So Gary... And Avocado just fucking book it. Um, and eventually they fall off the whole thing. Like, they fall off the whole thing. Like, the entire station is kind of a cylinder shape. And they just go straight through the middle. Which is where you don't want to be. Because there's not ground there. And they're being shot at a lot. And eventually Gary lands on <laughs> his old quote-unquote family's vehicle. And then they scream, and then they sort of just, like, windshield wiper him off, but his arm gets caught in the wipers, so Gary loses that. Now, see, you said windshield wiper, like, it's like, that's kind of what they did. No, they literally pressed the button and a windshield wiper pushed him off. Yeah, like, that's what happened. And then they sort of fall through the entire space station while being shot at a lot, but the hole in the very center is very tiny, so they have to hug, like, bros to get you know, out of there alive, and then the Galaxy 1 saves them. And then, did Gary get his new arm in episode 3? No, no, that was the end of the episode. Yeah, it was the end of the episode. Avocado puts it on him. Avocado does surgery on Gary to give him a robot arm. And they're good friends now. Yeah, now they're, like, best bros. Yeah. I I feel like this episode was, like, required viewing after episode 1. Oh, yeah. Because I think it's, like, this is where Gary and Avocado become friends. Also, it's where... Gary gets his robot arm. Also, anyway. it's where we introduce the Lord Commander. And a big plot point of um, Little Cato. And yeah. also, and also, we kind of skipped over the B-plot in this one, which was that um, oh, right. some random some random Boba Fett-looking looking dude just warps into the ship and starts shooting people. Uh, second least favorite character. I can see it. Anyway, um, but then stuff happens, and... She turns off Hugh for a little bit, and then when Mooncake isn't looking, she takes off her helmet, and it's Quinn, but from the future. Aww. And Quinn's the Quinn is the lady that um, that Gary was trying to impress early on, and that Gary has been sending a lot of video messages to. He's kind of been only thinking about her during his entire stay. Oh yeah, every day for the last five years, Gary made a video for Quinn. Yes, Jeez, buddy. Um, and so then Quinn puts. A computer chip in Kevin's butt, and uh, then Future Quinn, Future Quinn, known as Nightfall, um, which is which explained later on is her name because 
Gary gave it to her, which makes a lot of sense, knowing Gary. But then that computer chip is now in Kevin for the time being, and it will come back later. I Yeah, it introduced a lot of stuff in this one, and I also feel like this is a really good time to talk about one of my favorite things about the animation of this show, which is how it does action. Oh, yeah. At first, I didn't understand what it was about this show that made the action seem so dynamic, because I've seen a lot of a lot of shows that where action is not really the the main focus, and it just seems really bland whenever it happens. It just feels kind of static, and it's, it's because it's not the the camera doesn't remain on a single frame. Like the camera just kind of like moves and swerves around and shit. Right. Well, the other thing is that they do use shaky cam in this one a lot whenever action is happening. They do specifically jitter the camera around to to give the um, the kind of sense of of like more motion and uh, panic. Jiggle, 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 jiggle. Um, and also, they use a lot more creative uh, shots as far as uh, just what they're showing. A problem I have with like most adult oriented animation is just that it looks but ugly. Like they're just like we were talking the worst about Squid Billies right before this. Jesus. When I think adult animation, my first thought is, like, ugly as hell and stilted. Like, even uh, the only other adult animation that I know of and I enjoy that I can think of that isn't really stilted like that is Rick and Morty. Even then, it's kind of pretty ugly. The, a, a lot of adult shows will, will go out of their way to make the art style look ugly. And I feel like... In certain ways, it can kind of work, but for the most part, I just am not a fan. Like, I just... In Rick and Morty, it works. It's really... It, it, uh, it, it, it does work. It, again, you can make it work, but it, it... It does work, but, like, for the most part, every other... Not every other, but a lot of adult animation shows I've seen, I'm just like, this is not appealing to look at. Final it's almost Space like, is nice to look at. It's almost like things looking good is for kids. Wow. Because fundamentally... Cartoons are for kids or whatever. Ugh. I hate that. We all know we hate that. We hate that. It's bad. Anyway. But no, Final Space, it does try to look good. And a lot of the backgrounds are really, really detailed. And not to the point where... I, I feel like whenever I was first seeing like promos for this show, I'm like, oh, this looks just like Rick and Morty. But then actually... Nah. Right, but then when I actually watched the show, it's like, no, no, no. I can kind of see it in the way that the backgrounds are detailed, but the way that they do the lighting and the kind of character designs are very, very different. Mm-hmm. And also the motion in this show is just very, very fluid, which I always very much appreciate. And then they do little tiny things, too, that I feel like are just really creative. Like, one thing I noticed in this episode in particular was the moment that uh, the Lord Commander was, like, holding on to Gary. Whenever they were showing that, and especially when Avocado was, like, tugging on him, it was really interesting because, like, parts of his body would move, but other parts would stay completely static. Almost like the Lord Commander wasn't fully grasping his entire body. He was just kind of, like, holding on to parts of it. Yeah, he was holding on to his arms specifically. Yeah, which very specifically they showed I said wasn't that. Moving. Exactly, exactly. But it's like they weren't just having him, like, like statically floating in the air whenever Adavocado would, would tug on him. He, his whole body would move. It was just certain parts of him, which I think was just... Really creative. They do a lot of really creative extra stuff with this show, and I always really appreciate it. I also like how when uh, when Gary's in a spacesuit, all Iron Man like his like the display thing that you can see when you can see his face like tracks with his eye, eye movement. That's mm-hmm. cool. 
I yeah no they just they especially do a lot of stuff um, when they're like spacewalking, uh, which we get more of that especially in the next episode. Um, but the last thing I'd like to talk about in this one is Conan O'Brien's character, <laughs> who doesn't who, whose name is Clarence. He's this little alien dude. God fuck that guy. <laughs> he doesn't show up much in this season. But for the short time he does, he's just hilarious. He's like this black market dealer who who gives Gary who just has the skin of some lady in his in his disgusting. drawer. Yes, okay, sometimes the show can be a little disgusting. He has the skins of a little. They literally they show they show Gary's arm being re- it's not even like an off screen type feel deal. Like yeah. they show they zoom in on yeah, it. Yeah, they center it. Don't give don't. Remind me, I'm squeamish. It's gross. Also, but... he has the skins of several several dudes in his in his drawers. Um, but we don't get a whole lot of Clarence in this episode or in this season. But he is much more important in the second season, and even just from the first episode that I've seen, he is completely he's a riot. Like he also has two kids in that one. Does he? He, he has two adopted children. Oh, nice. God. Are they mistreated or like? Do they just from, work for him? They or? might show that late. He they might be, but they, but so far they haven't shown that. Okay, like he treats it. He treats. I them hope much. he's just a jerk, but a good father. His kids love him. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. So far, so far. But I also want to talk about how holes. cool it is. What? What? You said butt, and I said holes. <laughs> 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 I do also want to talk about how cool I think it is that uh, Conan O'Brien is voicing a character in this. And it might just be a really a really small thing that a lot of producers will do, especially if they've got like some some cred in the acting. <laughs> or like if they've done other things on TV. But I think just from hearing the story of how Conan took a very personal um, interest in getting Final Space made, I just think that was really cool. And I think Conan's it's, kids love it. Yeah, no, no, no. He Conan did talk about how his kids, especially whenever he showed them the pilot, they both really loved it, and that was kind of a point where he's like, "Okay, I really like. I want to see this turn into something bigger." That's cool. Which was really cool. I I I really appreciate Conan's contributions. But I think that's most of what we got in this episode. Oh, we also got the. Bit... I tried to combine Conan and contributions, and it didn't work. Contributions. Damn it! <laughs> oh right, I also really liked the scene. Just a really, really short scene of Gary looking down at his robotic arm. I don't know why I just liked that scene. I don't know what it was. Made me feel good. I like them showing the surgery in detail. Like, showing him, like, cutting off little bits of bone. Stop! Like, showing his little flesh. I'm absolutely begging you, Gavin. Please stop. (laughs) Please stop. There was also a bit with Hugh in this one. Where, at the very beginning of the episode... Hugh says that in order for Gary to leave the ship, he has to inject him with some microbombs <laughs> that'll blow his brain up in two hours. Five hours. Five hours. But then as soon as he gets back on the ship, Gary's like, okay, get these things out of my brain. And Hugh's like, oh, uh, those were never going to blow up. That's good. That was a joke. That's that was good. a joke that I made. Which is just... <laughs> what the crap, Hugh? Spent five years and that's the first joke you've told ever? It's good. Timing is everything. No, 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 no. It's, it's, timing is everything. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just fantastic. Um, I think that's it. Also, Gary has an arcade game called Crap Attack. That's good. 
Before I get into episode four, I do want to um, read out the notes that Nick gave me about episode three, which I will read verbatim. Oh, cool. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Name drop the Titans. Lord Commander wants a mooncake, and we know this. <laughs> Lord Commander is dying from his powers. Next bullet point, mooncake kicks absolute ass. Next bullet point, Quinn finds out about a wormhole. And the last bullet point is over my hard nipples. <laughs> I don't remember what the context of that was. I think that's something someone said. Anyway, on to episode four. Someone said that in the, one of the episodes we watched, I thought. That I was! It was. Oh, no. Maybe that, that was, was episode ep- six, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that was episode four and I accidentally put it in the episode three column. But I don't know. We watched that. Um, yeah. So, also in episode three, it was determined that, um, Quinn found out about the wormhole and she is now, like, on the run from Infinity Guard, is that what Yeah, the Infinity Guard. Yes. They're, like, the, they're the Space Rangers. They're the Starfleet. Yeah. Basically. So. They have color-coded shirts, so, yeah. Yeah, it's Starfleet. They're Starfleet. (laughs) So, episode four starts out with. Uh, the Galaxy One saving Quinn, and boy, Gary is just so excited to finally see again the girl he's been thinking about for five years, and she straight up does not remember his ass, and I appreciated that a lot. He keeps trying to flirt with her, and she punches him like five times. It's great. Well, that was that. That was after. That was after when he <laughs> finds out that she doesn't remember him. <laughs> And he cries about it, and the way he cries about it is, I was told, an exact replica of the warehouse scene from Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> it's animated so fluidly, and even if you don't get the reference, it's funny as hell. You know, you know how sometimes whenever you're really upset, and you're just like, you just kind of like sway you just around. Dance out and your sw- frustrations. No, you just kind of like sway around because you're just so upset and like you don't know what to do with your body. Gary does that. Gary does know what to do with his body. <laughs> Gary does that, but what to do with his body is just pain dance. It's, it's footloose. He footloose. Kick off your fucking feet. Which, like, you think. <laughs> There's even like a bit where he does a little like slide on the ground and shakes his shoulders all dramatically. <laughs> He's the most dramatic person ever. So, um, at some point, uh, something like the Galaxy One gets messed up again because it always does. But they're near a uh, dying supernova, so Gary goes out with Mooncake. To- it's because, um. The Infinity Guard tries to take over the Galaxy One because they know that Quinn got aboard it, and they're trying to sabotage her investigations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so um, Gary has to get some power from a dying supernova. Meanwhile, while he's out there, the Galaxy Guard, Infinity Guard, is taking over Hugh. I come so close to calling him Hal every single time. Yeah. But they're taking over Hugh and the rest of the ship, and uh, Quinn, Avocado, and Kevin are, like, sequestered off in a little uh, closet, and they have to figure out a way to stop everything. All the robots on the ship are shooting at him, by the way. Yes. And Hugh gets his... Hugh gets his his, um, Space Odyssey moment. Right, yeah. Like, 
there was a bit in the first episode where Hugh just straight up says, I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Gary. <laughs> but in this one, he just straight up does become HAL 9000 and tries to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while the supernova is dying and Gary is collecting the energy from it, he has like a hallucination of his original friend Mooncake, the caterpillar, where he sees some scenes of his life interacting with his dad before his dad died in a space explosion. It's all very sad. Um, also, there's a big fleet around, and Mooncake like turns on a uh, old distress signal thing, and it was like the captain's last moments before Lord Commander fucking obliterated all of it, justifying Mooncake. It was freaky. And then, like, a space apparition of Quinn shows up and tells Mooncake that he's a fucking monster. Yeah. Now, space apparition is just another word for hologram, Gavin. Basically. Hologram of, what's her, night... Nightfall. Nightfall, thank you. I almost said Night Fury, wrong one. (laughs) And then fucking Toothless just jumps in. (laughs) Um, uh, So, Kevin decides it's up to him to put in the chip that is has been hiding within him to get Hal Hugh back. God damn it. <laughs> I know, I told you. It is it is hard. Yeah. I can I can see it. So Kevin crawls through some vents and after some determination and after Hugh says He every, calls him a loser. Every attempt to disable me will fail because you are a loser. He smacks him in the ass and calls him a loser. He does, but Kevin does also calls him a waste of life. Yeah. yeah. Which he's not. He's a robot. Just like you, Hugh. So shut up. No, Hugh's alive. Hugh's alive, Gavin. Hugh's alive. He has a soul. No, he's a robot. Souls don't die, Gavin. He's a robot. Souls die all the time. Souls don't die! Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Kevin saves it. And then they're like... Hey, Gary, where are you at? And Gary's still spacing out hardcore, and Mooncake has to drag his ass all the way back. And uh, Hugh says, those dickheads from the Infinity Guard, which was a nice thing <laughs> to hear from him. But, like, Hugh is really emotionally attached to Gary now. Like, he's like, we can't leave without Gary. Like, there's no real reason for him not to have Gary. Like, in all, really, Gary's the liability. But well, he was like... Yeah, get Gary. The reason for that is because Hugh's primary directive objective dealy is that this is a prison ship for Gary, and so he won't let Gary go. It feels Gavin. like he cares about him though, is the Gavin, thing. And Gavin, I like that. Yeah, he does. Gavin, you're my friend, but you're wrong. Hugh loves Gary. Hugh loves <laughs> Gary. Uh, friends. At this point, the only person on the ship who is not a super duper Gary fan is Quinn. Because mm-hmm. Avocado also says, no, we're not leaving for Gary, even though the alternative is straight up getting waxed. Oh, Av- Avocado and Gary are bros for life by now, and that's life with a Y. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it. Then they go off on their merry way, I guess. Yes, and, yes. and the Infinity Guard sh- ship does get straight up incinerated. Oh yeah, they're gone. Which, like... Dude. What the fuck? That like they saw the sun super supernova. Bleh. They saw the sun supernovaing. Like they saw that explosion happening, and they still were about to like kill themselves because they needed to get Quinn. Maybe they were all also having mooncake hallucinations at that moment. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. 
It was dumb. That's a possibility. Maybe, maybe the. Maybe the dude who was talking to Gary was helping him out. Also, I, why the fuck was Quinn inside of Gary's ship in the first place? Because way back when, right? So five years ago, when when Gary was pretending to be a pilot, and so, then Quinn was like, "Move this ship, pilot!" Like, what was Quinn doing in there? Why was not dying when all the other ships he accidentally destroyed destroyed themselves? My my, I think what it is is. That Quinn did not believe that he was a pilot, which is why, like, she looked at him before she she put him in the ship. She looked at him and said, "You've got a hawk to fly, pilot." And you think like she's she definitely knows this guy is not a pilot, but she put him in the ship and is now letting him fly it just to prove that he is not a pilot, which I feel like is kind of that like, doesn't make sense for Quinn. She would follow procedure and just tell him to get out of the suit and then arrest him right then and there. I don't I bet she thought he was just a fucking rookie pilot who's trying to come on to her. Maybe. I feel like but that is what she thought. Like, she didn't know Quint. She didn't know that um, Gary was not a pilot until he didn't know how to fly the ship. My only objection is why Quinn was in that ship. There was no chair for her to sit in. She was obviously a researcher doing important research. She didn't need to go on this big, important space mission. That ship was clearly built for, like, one person. She wouldn't even be firing the gun. Guns, all the guns were on the controls with Gary. Like she, she is. Why was she was on the, the ship? One and she she is a commander. Room. She is a commander. Um, then why wasn't she on a better ship? I don't know. Why did she get in with this rookie pilot who's trying to come on to him? That like also you're assigned into like squadrons and shit, right? Like she yeah. didn't even know Gary. Why was she with him? Right. Here's my personal headcanon, and I don't know if this is the truth, but this is what I like to believe. Gary is obviously a very flawed character. I like to believe that... No! (laughs) I like to believe... I cannot believe what I am hearing! Good lord. I like to believe that... How can you hear it? You don't have any ears. (laughs) I also like... It's funny because Tom Kenny is Hugh and he also plays Spongebob. (laughs) I also like to believe that Quinn is flawed in her own way. Because no, from the things that we see of her, especially in episode two with her, like, like she'll go into somewhere and she'll just straight up call people idiots. I feel like she believes herself to always be right. And she I mean, when people are being idiots, they're being idiots. I believe that scene was pretty justified. To be that fair, is true. she was right in that moment. But like, I like she is... Quinn a lot more than future Quinn. What oh, are yeah. What talking about? Yeah. I like, but I feel like what? she... What were you saying? I actually have no idea. Oh, okay. Go on. I feel like she attacks people really quickly, but yeah. she always likes to be proved right. I like the... Who doesn't? I don't know, but I feel like for her, it's to the de- it's to her detriment. I f- like, what I like to believe is that she put Gary in that ship, and then she walked into that ship because she knew he was not a pilot, and she wanted it to be proven to her. Yeah, yeah and more it. so that she... I feel like she wouldn't do that just because she's such a hard-ass, like, yeah, military peon-type person that she would never break ranks or disobey orders. Oh, or she's do definitely not like even that. that. Well, if wait. she knew that Gary could destroy 92 ships if he fucks it up, <laughs> then why would she do exactly that thing you just said in your head, Cannon? To be fair... To be fair, all those ships shouldn't have been parked like that. If you can press the fire button once and destroy 92 of them. And a small Mexican restaurant. Yeah. 
Um, well, that was like mediocre. It was a mediocre Mexican. Could not have been mediocre. Is there a Mexican restaurant next to all the where they put the ships? They well, want I mean, the munchies. I mean, yeah, probably. But he did blow up ninety-two ships. Statistically, there has to pilots be. pilots are famous for having to use the bathroom in bags while they're flying their ships. Now, of all the restaurants that you could put next to where you fly the fucking planes, you made it Mexican. Good. What the God. hell? Okay. I'm just saying, that seems fishy as shit. Oh my god. That is a good segue to talk about something that I have been wanting to talk about for a while now. In the first episode, when Uh they cut back, they show that Gary, when Quinn puts him on that ship, he has no idea what he is doing. He nudges something wrong and he blows up 92 ships. He does not, he is not a pilot. Alright Gary, you can do this. Just suddenly become a much smarter person than you are. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> he nudges it with the back of his wrist. He didn't even pull a trigger or anything. God. Oh man. Those are uh, hey. If the controls are unintuitive, that's not exactly Gary's fault. <laughs> but then, but then, in the second episode, yeah, when they need to fly down to the planet to find Turk. They specifically show that Gary jumps into a ship and flies it down to the planet. And it's actually the exact same model of ship that he couldn't fly earlier. God damn. He did have five years to learn, though. Here's the thing. When I first saw that, I thought, man, that's really, really weird. So, because I was really into the show at the time, I went on Reddit and I'm like, hey, does anybody d- does anybody have any thoughts on this? How is he able to, uh, how is he able to fly the ship... The exact same ship that he couldn't fly earlier. I don't know, flight simulations. Maybe. That's what I was thinking, too. Until, like, a day later, I woke up, and I checked my Reddit messages, and I had a message from the creator of the show himself, <laughs> Olin Rogers. Yeah. Who who came to me and said, hey, really good find. The reason for that is actually because Gary had five years, and that <laughs> ship was on the Galaxy 1. So he probably read the instruction manual because he had nothing else to do. I was right. Yeah. It's like, okay, that makes a ton of sense. And I have to believe it because the guy who who made it told me. Yeah, it's canon now. That's what like, happened. Like, we could have done a whole Nick's Theory Corner on this, but we have the answer. Thanks, Olin. Thank you, Olin Fuck Rogers. For killing our Don't Nick's Theory Corner. No, no, no. He gave me the answer. This is what I always want to my theories. Yeah. He told me. Thank you so much. You're a cool guy, Owen Rogers. And I thought that was cool. I sent a couple days later, I'm like, I have this other question. And then Olin answered again, <laughs> except his answer was, no, specifically my question was, um, because I had seen a lot of stuff in this show where they had made like really cool sci-fi choices, a lot of really cool concepts. Um... So, what I heard whenever they, you know, they said jumping to light speed, instead of saying that, they would say light fold the ship. And I thought, that's a really specific way of, of doing that. And then, like, I read up on it, or I had been told about it earlier, that, like, right now, the closest theory we have to how to move faster, how to move that faster than light, is actually something where you will fold space in on itself using, like, a ring of, of uh, light around the ship 
that sounds familiar. Which is exactly what they have on the Galaxy One. And I'm like, hey, does anybody know if that's like where they got the idea? And then the next day, again, Olin Rogers came out and said, that's a really good question. I actually don't know the answer to that one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send over the guy who designed the ship and he's going to tell you if that was where he got the idea. And the guy said, no, it's not where I got the idea, but that is a really cool coincidence, though. Holy shit. So it's like, cool, thank you. Basically, I have never heard of, like, creator interaction like that. That's so cool. Yeah. He does it all the time. That's Basically, rad. what? No, he doesn't. He only does it with Nick, because Nick's special. Basically, what we're trying <laughs> to say is that Nick has the Owen hookup, and that y'all should be jealous. See, here's See, the thing. <laughs> here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. When this episode goes up, I'm probably going to post it to the Final Space subreddit. Hi, Final Space subreddit. There's a good Hi, chance. Final Space subreddit. There's a good chance that the top-rated comment on that is going to be Olin Rogers <laughs> saying, "Hey, thanks for making a podcast about my show." <laughs> here's the thing. That's not exaggeration. <laughs> God. Oh, Olin okay. Rogers is fantastic. Part of me is like. Is this, like, some sort of extortion? But the other part of me is, like, very excited that he could hear it. Extortion. It's not extortion, Yum. though. It's not extortion. Extortion. Yum. <laughs> it's not extortion, though, because it's just the fact that Olin Rogers will probably see that, and he's probably going to be like, man, that's really cool, because that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> hey, Olin, what's up? Thank you, Owen. He's cool. He's cool. I like your show. Anyway. Um, Thanks for making a cool show. Some other things I wanted to talk about in this episode are <laughs> one thing very specifically. The reason that I really, really wanted to watch this episode mm -hmm. was for something very small. Yeah. And it was, again, I mentioned that they go into space a couple of times, and those are always my favorite moments in this show. The first bit when, was, or was, is when he's grabbing Quinn, um, where, he, where he jumps out. And they make this whole cool shot of it spinning around their hands, almost about to grab each other. And then they don't. And then Quinn's flying through space a little bit. And then Gary grabs her again. It's like, oh, it was really good. That was, it was rad. really, really well directed. And then the second bit is when Gary's jumping out of the ship to go collect energy from a dying star, which, hell yeah. Um, as Gary's about to jump out... He goes, he goes to he goes to to Hugh and he's like, Hugh, play the good stuff. And it starts playing music and then as he's flying through the asteroid field and it's like all cool and the lighting is great because there's a star right next to him. Um, they've got this music playing and, and the song is actually really good. The, it is. It, it is called uh, Gallows by Shelby Mary. Thank you. I and needed that. It's really good. Shelby Mary does, actually did at least two, two songs for this show. Um, and both of them are fantastic. Uh, the other one I think is called "The Night Is Long," but it's just a, it's just really well directed. Every time they go out into space, they t they take it as an opportunity to do something cool with the angles and the direction and the lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lighting in this show is really good, which is impressive for a two D animated the show. The fluidity of movement, like you can tell, they're not on the ground and there's not gravity. Like it's like, whoa, we're all floating and shit. Like you can tell. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, Gary's spacesuit is, like, really well designed, and I like it. I like how it looks. Gary's spacesuit is actually based off of the original design that Olin had for the for the uh, web series. Nice. It's one of the very few things that they kept, except I think Mooncake was in it. Mooncake, okay. Mooncake was in there, 
But they did take the very um, specific two two ovals design on the face, mm-hmm. and that is straight from the uh, the original Final Space YouTube series. Nice. It's just cool. Um, it's just a good one. I also liked Kevin in this one, which is which is crazy because I like Kevin every time. This was Kevin's the, hilarious. This is one of the few that I like. Did a unironically appreciate Kevin. Yeah, he did save everybody's is, ass with his is, ass. Which is really cool, because Laura, right before, said, I'm going to really hate it if Kevin sta- if Kevin saves the day. And then Kevin <laughs> saved the day, that, and then Laura I? appreciated it. Fuck. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> which, fuck you. Fuck, I've been duped. I've been duped. And that's called character development. I mean, he still annoyed me the rest of the show. It was uh, a, it no, was a met, flash in the pan. I met your character development. <laughs> I know. It didn't last long. It was a flash in the pan. Alright. See, Laura hates Kevin. Gavin loves Kevin. And I love Kevin because I hate Kevin. Kevin's hilarious. Because I know that what they are trying to do is make you hate Kevin. Well, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's like, I, it I do hate you, Kevin. But I... I know that's what they're going for, which makes it feel so good whenever Gary drop kicks you. I mean, come that is on! Good. He, do, he does get a he does get drop kicked and like hit a lot. It's funny. What about the bit in episode one where where Gary wants to just mingle with the guests who showed up with the first guest who showed up in five <laughs> years, and Kevin just, he locks him in the the commons. And Kevin walks in, and he's like, no, go on, Gary, I'm helping. And then, immediately, <laughs> and then immediately walks out of the way and closes the door on Gary. Also, another running... Like, come on, that's hilarious. Oh, I can't believe we missed this running gag. The whole, the whole show, Gary is trying to get into this cabinet full of cookies, and it's just the most... <laughs> Im- well, because God, it's... Fuck, we didn't mention that. It's been there for five years, and he's never been able to get to them. Also, Kevin constantly goes up to him, opens up the cabinet, grabs one, and just shoves it against his face, not even eating it. Uh, yeah. It's this slow torture right in front of Gary. <laughs> also, as soon as Gary does get a cookie at the end of episode one, Kevin takes it from him. Yeah. He takes it from him. Awful. Oh. Awful, Kevin. Thank you. That's adorable. I found some art of Mooncake hanging out with Kirby. Yeah, that's they're, pretty good. It's they're the same shit. Thank you, Reddit user investigator underscore McGee. This is adorable. Also, in episode one, um, I this I I literally quote this um pretty much all the time, but at the very end of episode one, Kevin says, "Gary, Gary, 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 are you sleeping?" Gary! Gary! And I quote that every time I want to wake someone up, but be a fucking asshole about it. Mostly with my dogs. <laughs> Man, I just... Nick, when I texted you in the middle of the night last night, did I did I quote Final Space? Let's see, let's see. Did you quote Final Space? Let me check my text messages. Nick, check your text. If I said, Nick, 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 are you sleeping? <laughs> You did say oh, Nick, geez. Nick. You didn't say, am I sleeping? Probably because I cut you off. Ah, oh, you what? responded too late. Yeah, you responded too fast, but I did get through two Nicks. <laughs> and my next message was going to be, are you sleeping? <laughs> um, but yeah, Kevin has a cool moment in this one where he, where he really does save everybody. I liked it. Yeah. I think that's about the end of this one. 
Oh! Oh, yeah, no, it is the end of this one. Yes. We did... We... We did touch on the bit where Quinn repeatedly, viscerally punches Gary in the face. Like, over and over again. Yeah, like, almost like, hey, let, I know, I know he's lay off a, a bit. <laughs> like, okay. The well, he's first... also not getting the message. I, okay, yeah, I get it. The first two, sure, but... <laughs> hey, Quinn's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Not, like, not to the point where it's anybody who doesn't deserve someone being a jerk to them, but she kind of does go a little bit overboard. I mean, whenever Gary's, like, coming on to her, yeah. it's pretty justified. Exactly. Unless you hit him literally five times and his nose is bleeding as hell. Well, he I isn't, enjoyed that. He isn't getting the message. I it, suppose. It was nice. I don't know. It was just a... They were really good punches. They were really they were good Again, punches. the animation really, really good. Punches. The, the last joke from this one I want to talk about sure. is... So you know that joke where somebody doesn't know somebody's name and they say the wrong name? And... <laughs> usually that's the end. <laughs> usually that's the end of the joke. Usually that's the end of the joke. Usually it's it's oh sorry Jerry. Like oh, it's it's Gary. It's like okay yeah sorry Gary or or Jerry or Jed Jedinold. <laughs> like usually that's it. But in this one, they go the step. They they go a step further, where after she gets Gary's name wrong, it immediate like the door immediately opens to the entire cast of the everybody else who's on the ship, including a bunch of robots with the names doodled on their faces. And then Quinn looks at him. It's like not now, Avocado, Kevin, Noodles, Larry, and Burson. Whatever well, to the be last fair, robot's name. The four one. of them did have their names straight up on their face. And then, yeah. the, other, and then the other one's name was Avocado. <laughs> I mean, you can't forget when someone's name is Avocado. <laughs> I mean, no, uh, what I thought you were talking about was when she calls him, um, like, Gerson or some shit. <laughs> what? Uh, when she calls him, like, Jerry for the, the fifth time, and all the robots are, like, flipping out, like, is his name Jerry? Has it been Jerry the whole time? Is Jerry a nickname? Does not compute. Gary, please confer! <laughs> It was the funniest shit. Howdy all you spacefarers and people who aren't in space. It's time for the ad break. Hi everyone. Uh, it's almost the 4th of July, which means people are seemingly right outside my window making loud things happen. So this'll be fun. But we don't let that bring us down here at Lunar Light Studio, because we have, we do let things like that bring us down, because it's loud and bad podcasting. <sighs> Speaking of bad podcasting, how about I tell you about some not bad podcasting? Let me tell you about some of the good shows that the Lunar Light Studio Network has to offer. How's that sound? First off this week is Badvertising. Y'all know them, y'all love them. Everyone's favorite ad executives, Penny Parker, Lily Blue Lennox, and Haley Rose. They take your favorite brands and create a product and viral ad campaign that will be sure to end in absolute failure. Airing every other Monday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else you get your podcasts. Badvertising. Your dissatisfaction guaranteed. Badvertising is so funny, and if you haven't checked it out yet, then you are missing out. It's so good. Just three wonderful ladies who I love very much. Sorry to interrupt this take, but there is a big noise outside, 
I didn't want to keep it in because it was a big scary fireworks and I've been trying to record this for half an hour and I'm a little at wit's end so I'm just gonna continue this ad break. And second off this week is Overwitch, one of the best casual gaming news sources out there. Every episode your three best friends, yes, your three best friends, it's been established, come on y'all. <laughs> your three best friends will bring you up to speed on Overwatch and then explore some other video game. And when their discussion comes to a close, they decide if their featured game is worth spending your dedicated Overwatch time. Ray, Terrence, and Joe can be found making fools of themselves. <laughs> this is what they said, told me to say. They can be found making fools of themselves every other Friday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else podcasts live. Ah, oh, God, I love Overwatch so much, y'all. I'm, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a gamer girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> For real, though, I love video games, and I love hearing people talk about video games, and I love it when those people talking about video games are really good people. The Overwatch boys are so good, they're so nice, and they're just really welcoming to anyone who likes video games. Overwatch is good! <laughs> and now I'm going to take a moment to plug the Lunar Light Studio Patreon, where you can support your favorite podcasts. Patrons get cool exclusive content, such as weekly bonus content, featuring all sorts of podcasts on the network, as well as monthly streams exclusively for patrons and everything's really good so if you got some money to spare then why not support your favorite podcasts you can find more information on lunarlightstudio.com patreon and speaking of supporting your favorite podcasts you can also support us by purchasing an incoming transmission where we will say the words you want you can order an incoming transmission and have your favorite podcasts put out a personal message or a business message, and we'll say whatever you want us to say. You can find more information on LunarLightStudio.com slash incoming dash transmission. And finally, here's a social media plug. You can find us on Twitter at storyboard underscore cast, at storyboardcast.tumblr.com, or you can shoot us an email at storyboardcast at gmail.com. And if you're liking what you're hearing, consider leaving a review on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. So now I'm going to go fight off the Space Armada. Just like Gary Final Space, which is what these loud noises are, and not just my neighbors being noisy a few days before the 4th of July. Yay! Should I write, should I say my quick thing for what episode 5 was? What I have written down? Oh yeah, do that. Less entertaining than episode whatever it was I said earlier, but the two bullet points I have for that are looking for little Kato, I guess. And the Infinity Guard is working for Lord Commander. There is also a bit where, um... That's the one where they go to the planet and they... Yeah, 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 they go to the planet. There's, there's like, some really good action scenes in that one. There is. There's a bit where a dude gets gets shot by a black hole gun. And usually when somebody gets shot by a black hole gun, they get, like, swirled in and, and like, they're just gone. But this one, like, his arm is still dangling out of the black hole. Oh, God. Also, in that one... Avocado does get uh, a bunch of, like, alien spores on him, and he does turn tiny for the entire episode. Thank oh, yeah. God. He does get, like, he does get all mini and he rides around on Mooncake. Episode 6. Huge spoilers if you haven't watched this show. Yes. Stop right now. This one's a major spoiler. Don't watch it. The This was... This is an audio medium, Nick. What? <laughs> you said if don't you watch it? Leave now if you haven't watched... Do watch, then listen. There you go. So this or if one, you don't give a shit, whatever. I implore you to give a shit, though. This show's pretty good. All right. So this one opens up on the crew of the Galaxy One receiving a message from Little Kato, sending them the coordinates 
to where he is being held. This immediately causes tension because Quinn is upset because another thing that came out in the last episode, there is a massive black hole that is going to consume the Earth if it is not dealt with. So she wants to deal with that right away. And as soon as Avocado says, no, we're going to this prison to get my son, she's not happy about that. So then when Gary has to choose between which one he's going to help, he says, we're going to help both, but we're going to get Avocado's son back because I did promise that and it's very important. So Quinn's not okay with that, but they leave Gary her on the ship. keeping his promises, even though he's losing points in Quinn's book, even though he wants Quinn and him to date. Exactly. He, he is a man of his word. He's a man of his word. Damn, Gary. <laughs> we get some cool bro moments between Gary and Avocado because it is, not lost on, <laughs> it is not lost on Avocado that Gary really does care about him and they've known each other for a very short amount of time. And so Avocado appreciates that. Then we get quite possibly the coolest sequence in this entire series where we get another space jump but it's Gary and Avocado jumping out of the ship in between two planets that are connected by a massive space storm. <laughs> and they fly down through the ships while more like rock music is playing. But then they turn, but, but then they go to the wrong planet. They just like take a wrong turn. But it's fine though. They just fly to the other one. Uh, Quinn gets out. She was going to leave, but then she starts watching Gary's audio logs. Uh, well, wait now. Okay. This, you can't gloss over this. This is hilarious. How does Quinn get out of her ropes exactly? Because they tie her off when she's being indignant. (laughs) So, that is true. So, what Quinn decides to do is she's going to honeypot Kevin into (laughs) into getting her out. Which normally is like, that's like a cliche. But in this one, like, Kevin takes a cliche and he just flips it on its head because he's just Kevin and he throws a wrench into everything. And immediately his his first go-to is... Do you want me to kill Gary for you? <laughs> it's like, and then like even that takes Quinn off her like off the like path for a minute. Cause she's like, "Holy hell, Kevin! What the what what the hell?" But um, Kevin does let her go, and then and then Quinn ties Kevin up with his own arms. Also, Kevin has a new arm now because one of his arms got tore off in the last episode. I was wondering why his arm turned blue. Yes, yeah, it was that's why. It was because they did show like his arm was his arm was like hanging off by a couple of wires. Nice. Also, he does keep all of the other battle damage from the he last one. Does that was rad. Yeah, Kevin gets fucked up. Quinn starts watching Gary's assorted video messages specifically because Hugh is like, before you leave, you probably should see this. Oh yeah, Quinn tries to uh, hijack the ship that's in the Galaxy One, the like small cruiser. That gets stored in the it. The hawk. It's called a hawk. Yeah, the hawk. And uh, she tries to go do her shit on her own. But it's like the reason that... I feel like the reason that Hugh told her to watch it isn't because... Like, this is going to change your mind. It's because Gary thought about you for every single day of his five-year sentence. And I watched how much he cared about you. You should at least to know that before you make a decision. Hugh cares about Gary and I like it. There's a lot... There's a lot of, like surprisingly just like pure like real friendships in the show i wasn't expecting it i was so pleasantly surprised i love friendships speaking of real raw friendship hell back yeah. to uh gary and avocado hell yeah they bust into the lord commander's um prison and at this point they are just on the same friend wavelength and so they go in in this beautiful sequence of them shooting everywhere there's doves flying everywhere 
then nothing. Then Avocado tells Gary his his tragic backstory where he used to be a general for the Lord Commander, but then the Lord Commander said to kill Little Kato, and Avocado was not down for that. So then uh, they go in to go confront Lord Commander. Wait, you gotta give Gary's Gary's line. Oh, that's right. Oh, what was the what was the line? Oh man, it was. This might not be verbatim, but I think it went. All of us are at least a little broken. It's just a matter. Oh God, of... I have that. I have that. Can I read it? Yes, well, please yeah, do. Read it. Uh, Gary, after Gary hears his backstory, he's like, "All of us are broken. It's just a matter of how much and how far we're willing to go to fix it." Damn, that's good. Just, just really good. Like, like again, Gary says a lot of stuff from Gary. Gary says a lot of stuff from. But sometimes what he says is really, really profound. Ugh. Um, I mean, even the broken clock mm-hmm. was bound to happen. Well, yeah, but also he he like he he talks a lot, but he is a person. He's he, casting a wide net. One, <laughs> one of the things, he, one of the billions of things he says is bound to be profound at some point. But also, he does know that from being like. He was imprisoned on a ship for five years, and he realized, you know what? I I was kind of a jerk, so I'm going to try and fix that. I feel like he did spend, he did realize that he was not super cool, so he's trying his best to, to fix that. So they confront Lord Commander. Uh, Lord Commander sets mind-controlled little Kato on Avocado, and he tries to get into Gary's head, which is he about He does. His, he succeeds. He He does. But it is about that's as funny a, as, as you'd think Gary's head would be. That's a weird sequence. <laughs> this consciousness quadrant is members only. <laughs> I didn't invite you into my mind. Get out of my mind! Um, but little Kato comes back because he's being mind-controlled in the cartoon. And then I think they... <laughs> <laughs> they... Did they shoot the Lord? No, no, that's it. Um, Mooncake comes in, like like tied to the Galaxy One and Kevin, and just just choop de whoops the Lord Whoa. Commander into like five le- levels of the of the planet's crust. You just Which... said choop de whoop in night twenty nineteen. You're yeah. coming to lose subscriber. That... No, oh, Jesus Christ. Man. <laughs> Hey, that is what he does. It, it is. It was, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm standing behind it. I'm standing okay. behind it. Because it's what he does. All right. They get out. They they get aboard the, the Galaxy One. Everything's looking great. But then it does this cool thing where it cuts down to the Lord Commander. And as they were running away, some, some explosives fell down there. And it does this cool thing where it shows the explosives land right next to the Lord Commander. And he's like pinned under some rock. And you think, oh, those are going to blow up in his face. And then it goes away for a little bit, and then it cuts back to the Lord Commander, and he's looking up as the Galaxy One is getting away, and then he telekinesis one of the bombs, arms it, and then throws it up onto the back of Little Kato's back. Fuck. And then from that The back mo- of his back? Shut up. So it's front. <laughs> Don't do that. And then from that moment onwards, it's this really, like, touching, heartfelt scene, but the whole time... There's this haunting music playing in the background. Yeah. Where you know that something is about to happen. Oh, God. And the it's thing this... that Avocado said destroyed oh, me. Oh, my He's gosh. Like, as, as glad as I am for today, I'm even more excited for tomorrow. And then... 
And then as he's hugging his son, you think they're gonna kill Lil Kato because just from a writing standpoint, Lil Kato's not a main character. He's not a main character. That's the one well, that he's it about showed. to be. <laughs> That's the one that it shows get the bomb stuck to. But then as Avocado is hugging his son, he hears the bomb, which was his bomb, by the way. Yeah. That he dropped. So he picks it up off of his son and he looks to Gary and he says, take care of my son. And then he Ugh. runs to the other end of the ship and dives onto the bomb. And he dies. Ugh. They straight up kill Avocado. The yeah. end of the episode as the credits roll is little Kato just kneeling at the gaping hole the explosion left mourning his father and which, killed me. Which was a fantastic shot because it had everybody else. And then as the credits were rolling, the shadows, like, like cut out everybody else except for little Kato right next to the hole where his father just, like, <sighs> fell out of. It was perfectly designed to God, be the biggest the gut punch. punch. Big, during the explosion, you have, like, Gary holding little Kato back while he's trying to get to his dad, but the thing is still exploding. So it's, like, it's still exploding, it. and at that point, everything's getting sucked out into space, which is so cool because you see little Kato... He's just desperately trying to get to his dad, but Gary, with his, like, after what Avocado says, I feel like in other situations, Gary would be doing the same thing, but he is listening to what Avocado said, and his top priority is making sure that his son is okay. I'm not even mad. I loved Avocado, but I'm not even mad, because that's how you kill a character really good. I'm sad. It was really good. But that's how that episode ends, and it was so good. Fuck. I loved it. I loved that episode that was so really much. Good. I hate Aww. the Lord Commander so much now. They exactly. Do, but like That's you, so good. <laughs> but you thought that what they were gonna do is have the Lord Commander kill little Kato, and that is why Avocado is now gonna be like, okay, now I'm gonna kill that guy. Cause before he cause before he realized that, yeah, no, killing the Lord Commander is a bad idea. But then they don't do that. They they take this character that the audience has a connection with, and then they then they get rid of him, and then immediately they use that 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 feeling of loss that the audience feels, and they use that to then imprint the audience on Little Kato, because at that moment, the audience and Little Kato are feeling the exact same thing, and that is why everybody is okay with him being a main character now. That's what episode seven's about, but we didn't watch that yes. one. Yes, yeah. episode seven is just them dealing with... Can with... we talk about some of the jokey joke jokes from yes. episode six? Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, this one had some really good jokes. I feel like, uh, oh, man. So, ba- oh, by the way, why I called episode six, um, set him up and knock him down earlier, was that the beginning of the episode starts with Gary and Avocado reaching peak friendship levels. God, they knew exactly how to play me like a fiddle. Yeah, I was watching that whole shit, and I was like, <laughs> Fuck you, Laura. <laughs> this is exactly the shit I like, and they are away from me. I love it so much. But, like, the kind of friendship that they had was this really cool m- midpoint between Gary and Avocado from the from the first couple of episodes. Because, like, you had seen that Avocado at first was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. But now he's like, I see. I, I see it. You're my friend now. And there's this whole bit where they were, like, about to hug. And, and they, had they, this, they had this cool little back and forth. And then they hug. And then it's this really good hug. I love seeing friends hug. And my, it's a good bro hug. And my favorite shot from this episode was the bit where they're both looking at the windows. And then they fist bump. And as soon as they fist bump, they jump to light speed. Oh, that was rad. I like, oh, audibly so yelled, like, hell yeah! It's such a good scene. 
the best joke from this episode was um <laughs> they're walking to the next room they they just found a uh, little kato floating and being creepy and they're walking to the next room and uh gary leans over the avocado and goes man the lord commander's probably gonna be in the next room huh they walk into the next room and lord commander goes surprise <laughs> Dude, nobody was surprised. Yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious you were going to be in this room. At one point, Hugh says, hell yeah, dog. He does say, hell yeah. I think it was like right after they were they were like, yeah, we're going to go see Avocado's son. <laughs> Y'all interrupted the joke. No, no, no. I'm go, sorry, no, 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 no go done. on, go on, go on. That was the joke intermission. That was the joke intermission. I'm sorry. The punchline. <laughs> Lord Commander says that he killed everybody in the prison like, all the prisoners and all the wardens and everything just to set up this surprise, because he, he, he felt like being petty that day. He woke up and he was like, huh, you know what? So he killed everybody just for this petty bullshit. <laughs> they, He's like, I killed everyone for this surprise. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't think it was worth it. <laughs> Another another great joke that I liked from this one is while Quinn is watching all of all of Gary's um all of Gary's uh <laughs> uh messages to him, he's like, "Hey Quinn, I I I wrote this song for you. Uh, I, I I wanted a guitar, but Hugh wouldn't give it to me. Uh, there's no way I would hang myself by the guitar strings, Hugh." And then he's like, "Gary, yes you would." He's like, "You're probably right." She's <laughs> like. Damn, that was really dark. I liked how um, I liked how Kevin and all the other robots were like crowded around Quinn, watching all the messages at the end. Oh, they were into it. <laughs> oh man, which I when I first saw this, I wasn't sure what to think of, about Quinn kind of falling for. Well, she didn't fall for him at that point. She. It felt a little bit weird to be Appreciation like... Appreciation recognized. Yes. Yeah. I felt like it was kind of weird. It's like Gary just like basically just never let it go. But from the way that you see that, you can tell that Gary isn't just... He, he is... This isn't just his like seeing Quinn the first time and being like, oh yeah, gonna, gonna date that lady. It wasn't just that. It was the fact that they met that one time and every single day after that, the only person that Gary ever tried to contact was Quinn. And he sent her a message every single day, even though he knew that she probably wasn't getting them. I don't no, no, think no, no, he no, knew. no, 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 he said it at one point. No, 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 oh, no, no. He, he didn't know that he probably wasn't getting them. He knew that she had never responded. Yeah. And he just kept trying because he cared about her so much. He's like, if there is even a little tiny chance that she is going to, she's going to ever talk to me ever again, I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to do that. That's like equal parts creepy and endearing, I feel like. (laughs) But to be fair, the first message that she did see was him apologizing. That was the first message that that she went through. And I feel like that goes back to what Gary said earlier. Like, we're all broken. It's just how hard and how far we're going to go to fix ourselves. Because, like, after that, he doesn't really put... After she comes back, he doesn't really push it, does he? He, like, he doesn't... He's like, oh, queen, yeah. He, he, like, he, he does that to a point, but never to the point where he's, like... Yeah, he gets punched in the face about five times. But it's yeah. never to the in point... But it's never to the point where he's, like, really pushing it like he was the night before. He's like, oh, yeah, can I go back to your place? Spicy. Like, right. he never does that. It's... He, he's trying to flirt, but this is somebody 
who has had so little human contact for the last five years, and also probably didn't have any friends before that. Yeah. So, um... I like it. Should we go on to... Between episode four and episode five, can we talk about my two least favorite characters, specifically my second least favorite character? Yes. And why they're my second least favorite character? Yes. Who, who's your second least favorite character, Gavin? Future Quinn. Yeah, Nightfall. Don't like Nightfall. Yeah, you, you don't like her either? I'm not a big fan. Uh, pray Honestly, tell why is that? It's because I feel like it makes sense that Quinn would have changed a lot after, because they did say that she'd been trying over and over again to to fix the past and save Gary and save uh, save the Earth, uh-huh. but then it never happened. Yeah, it just feels weird that her personality seems completely different, and also she keeps I don't know. Just the way that she interacts with Gary, I could never see Quinn ever interacting with him in that way. Like, I feel like it is possible that Quinn would eventually warm up to Gary and, and, and like, fall in love with him, but I don't feel like it would be in the manner that we see Nightfall falling in love with him. That's odd. Everything you just said, I don't have a problem with in the least. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's 20 years older than current timeline Quinn like she spent 20 years trying to fix everything she changed a lot I can mm-hmm. get that she warmed up to Gary all right sure yeah fine we uh, why not she changed it's been 20 years but the one thing I don't like is that she's just the cryptid you know stoic uh knows everything but doesn't fucking communicate it type that's a good point. she's that trope where it's just hi i know all the shit that you probably all really need to know about i've been through these races for about 20 years and i'm just not going to say anything which makes sense at first when she wants to kill mooncake and doesn't want to tell everybody that she wants to kill mooncake but after she stops trying to kill mooncake it doesn't make any goddamn sense why they have to grill her as hard as they have to to get as little as they do from her. Did they ever set up like it's a... It's temp- agonizing. Did they ever set up like a temporal pri- prime directive where it's like, I can't say anything that happened in the future because then it'll mess things up? No, no the episode when she gets there, she basically says, how can we be in the same room together? It's a paradox. And Feature Quinn's like, yeah, I don't know. It must not just fucking work like that. Radical. Great. The bas- like- basically, they have their own time travel laws. And time travel is fine with future and past you know, people interacting. Because the world's not just going to explode because of that. Because why would it? All at, right. Great. At, at least <laughs> thus far, time travel hasn't come that far um, into the show. <clears throat> but, but it's gonna. That's every major theory about this show is that it's gonna. It probably... There are several different ways it could. The pilot literally ended w- with with something about time travel. Yeah. I'll, I gotta show you the pilot, the pilot later. It's really good. But um, oh. the... The thing I like about the time travel here is that it's not the it's not the main focus of the show, so the characters don't put a lot of focus on the rules. There's there's one line where it's like, isn't this creating a paradox? And, and Nightfall is like, yeah, Maybe. I I really don't know the rules, and it hasn't caused me any problems so far. That's basically the show saying, yeah, there are time travel rules, but don't worry about it. It's not going to be important right now. Briefly, I do want to touch back on what Nick said, very briefly, and say, I am not big on Nightfall being in love with Gary. I'm personally a little tired of a competent lady falls in love with dumb dingus. I love them becoming friends. I'm a little tired. I've always fallen in love. 
That's my hot take. I think she was fond of Gary, but I don't think she fell in love with Gary. She did try to seduce him at one point, though, just to tie him to the bedpost so that she could go kill Mooncake. Oh, here what y'all said. I thought it sounded like she was, like, in love with him. I think she might be. I think she might be. She might be. I'm not not wild about that. I don't know. That's just a personal... Choice really, it's just like something I'm a little sick of seeing in media. I guess. Well, I it think doesn't it's, ruin everything, but well, I, th- I think in that case, it's something where Quinn isn't like deferring to Gary. She knows that she knows what she's doing better than Gary, but she she loves him for the qualities. If in fact Nightfall does love Gary, which I think she does, but I think she loves him for qualities other than this guy's. This guy can get stuff done. It's more like this. This is a really real person who. Just, Real raw Gary. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he cares about people so much. And, like, he cared about Avocado a day after he met him. And, and Avocado had just tried to kill him. Yeah. And I, I feel like maybe that's what she fell in love with. Maybe she fell in love with those traits about Gary. That he was just a genuine person. Not that he was competent. Because he's, for the most part, not competent. He is a good pilot. They have established that at this point. Which is cool. <laughs> and now can I gloss over my least favorite character? Yeah, who's your least favorite character? It's Triborg. Is that his name? Yeah, it's Tribor. Tribor. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Tribor either. Oh, he's annoying. There are three characters in the show voiced by Olin Rogers. Wait. No, I don't think... No, Kevin isn't voiced by Olin Rogers. No, he's not voiced by Olin Rogers. But there's three characters that I feel like are annoying and each of... and like purposefully annoying and i feel like each of them do it in a different way tribor it's gary kevin and tribor and tribor is the only one where he's annoying and i never see any kind of there's no sort of comedic payoff from tribor he's sort of like the thing that bothers me he's never even sometimes funny i will say there one of the it feels like a lot of times with tribor he'll like you know the bit where it gets a little bit annoying where they'll say a joke and then they'll keep going with that joke for too long. I feel like Tribor does that, except he doesn't even say a joke at the beginning. Yeah, he just doesn't add anything. He doesn't feel like he needs to be there, and he just says everything in his stupid voice. He's he's annoying to look at and annoying to listen to. Okay, episode five. Really quick, this is really, really tiny. But the one promo I have seen with Tribor for season two was really good. Okay. It was really funny. That's all, all right. I'm, that's what I'm going to say. Maybe he does more, but for now, I don't like him. Between 6 and 8, there's, like, stuff about... Didn't the world get eaten by a wormhole? Like, Earth is gone now? No. No. That oh, was, is that, that just, didn't happen. That's what they're trying to avoid. Okay, I misunderstood. Okay, that's what they're avoiding. In the future, that happened, and Mooncake destroyed half the galaxy, right? No. What? Oh, no, no, no. Also no, 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 no. That was in the future. In yeah, the that's future, what I said, in the future. The thing that kept oh, happening was that, that did was that Gary left the galaxy one... Then he died, and then Mooncake snapped and just started wasting entire planets. Okay. And okay. also, apparently, at that point, his prison sentence ended, and he had a lot of cookies, and they weren't that good. Yeah. That's what Nick said. Okay, episode eight. Oh, I'm explaining this one. Yes. Okay. Episode eight, uh, they finally get to Quinn's whole quest mission deal, which is stop the wormhole from swallowing the Earth. Basically, they're just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, wondering what the fuck to do. And future Quinn knows what the fuck to do, but she doesn't speak up until way too late. Then they have to grill her really hard for what the fuck to do, it seems like. Well, no, no. Whenever they're like, okay, how do we do this? Then Quinn says, 
okay, here's the deal. There are Titans. One of them helped me. Let's go to him. Yeah. But, like, there's this whole scene where they're just, like, sitting around, like, what do we do? I don't know. And Gwen's just sitting there, like, yeah, beats me. Like, come on. All right, they go to the Titan, and basically all the Titans are Chaos Gods, except for this Titan who closed off all the other Chaos Gods from this world because... Fuck if I know. Yeah, he learned compassion or some shit. I don't know. He learned all the other Titans were kind of dicks. Whatever. So they lightfold into a sun because apparently the gateway to interspace, which is where the Titan lives. Do you know the Titan's name? Bolo. Bolo, which is where Bolo lives, um, is inside the sun. And there's this whole action scene where they got to get the angle super specific right. And then they do and they make it. And they get into interspace, and there's Bolo, and he's big and powerful and has a cool design and all that stuff. And is in a cube. And is in a cube. So they su- he sucks the Galaxy 1 into his mind, and then there's this like little fire guy with a spear who is just an abrasive jerk. I love him. So, uh, so obviously Gary doesn't get along with him that well. And he, he joins the beats gary on his facial region club <laughs> um a couple of times and then he blasts everybody through uh uh bolo's mind space which has gummy bears in it which i like nice and uh they get to um bolo's like main mind space and only gary's allowed to come because gary's like the chosen one or some shit i don't know it's specifically that gary Gary is the person who needs to who needs to see what he's about to see. Yeah, it, it wouldn't work with anybody else. Yeah, I I was wondering why he didn't have Quinn do it because uh, it seemed like it seemed like it'd make a lot of sense for Bolo to give specific instructions to Quinn and then she'd do it. But it was like the connection with I think the yeah, next character he was, that will happen soon. Yeah, he was connected to uh to Gary, which was his dad was researching the um. The wormhole, which it which it actually opened up previously, yeah, and his dad stopped it um before with like an antimatter bomb or something that he put in the wormhole and that closed it up and uh he he goes into Bolo's like super deep exclusive elite mind space or whatever, and Bolo like bombards him with all of his insecurities, like how he'll never grow a mustache or how he'll never be cool and tiny. <laughs> and Gary sort of gets like eaten up and washed over with his insecurities, and then he's like, Alright, fine, I'm open now, I'll I'll listen to things. And uh Bolo takes him to his dad, and he like freezes time back in the past, and then takes Gary to talk to his dad, and there's this whole are you my son? Are you my dad? Oh my god, how do I know? Well, convince me, manner. Adventure. And uh, Gary tells um, his dad that the last thing he told him before he left was go out and have your own adventures to prove that it was Gary. And then uh, Gary asks, alright, how do I stop this fucking wormhole and he's like oh me and my partner have been researching it this whole time you gotta drop an antimatter bomb into it and that stops it and gary's like cool who's your partner and it's the lord commander and what's his real name jack jack his name's jack but the lord it's the lord commander who is his dad's partner 
And Gary's like, no fucking way. This is the guy who, this is the war commander. This is the guy who ripped my arm off and screwed up time in the future. And his dad's like, really? I've been working with this guy for 29 years. He's my trusted partner. Well, based on nothing, let's beat the shit out of him. <laughs> no, no, no. It is very specifically, but I'll take your word for it. Let's beat the shit out of him. <laughs> let's beat the shit out of him. <laughs> A lot of shows I don't see just <laughs> indulge themselves for a reason that I can't fathom. I'm just sitting there a lot of the time thinking, wouldn't it be funny if dot dot dot, but then they don't because that's ludicrous. But then Final Space does it. They have this rather long, like decently sized portion of the show where they just beat the shit out of the out of the Lord Commander where time is frozen. He's not reacting or defending himself or anything. They start punching him in the face and smacking his ass and twisting his nipples and giving him Indian birds. Like, it fucking sucks. Like, like they slam his head against the console. There's one unbroken shot of, I think it was Gary, like, like repeatedly karate chopping his crotch. And the animation oh is so good. Oh, they took extra care for that whole scene. <laughs> I just, I just, I just love the fact that this is so Gary's father. This is Gary's father in that somebody tells him something. He's like, oh, well, let's, well, let's beat him up. <laughs> I was laughing really, really hard that whole time. And then finally they're like, <laughs> all right, we've had our fun. Let's address the problem at hand. And, um... Gary's dad tells Gary that there's another um, antimatter bomb in New York on Earth, and that's where they gotta go, and they gotta throw that sucker into the wormhole, and that's how they stop Final Space from opening, and all the Titans from getting out, and then the land being overtaken by Titans, and the people getting eaten by Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Titans! Um... And yeah, that's basically the episode. Gary gets back, meets up with everybody, Nightfall's like, I'm gonna leave for no reason. And then she leaves for no reason, even though she hasn't told everybody all the shit yet. She also has, I mean, like, she has a super cool laser glaive that could have been really, really useful. Yeah. What the fuck, Nightfall? She does, I think she helps more in the second season. Okay. But, uh... But yeah, basically, Gary makes peace with himself and his inner demons and daddy issues and all that shit. Gary and Lil Kato do have a bonding moment in that they both watch their father's die. Oh, yeah. Which is sad. The dude turns on the screen. They're like, how's Gary doing? He's like, pipe down. Here you go. Fine. You can fucking watch. And they just let him fucking watch. They do specifically call him a flaming blue Eminem, <laughs> which I appreciate. Which is apt. Yeah. Um... And then, yeah, Lil Kato tells Gary, he's like, I didn't know your dad died too. I'm so sorry. Man, all the best scenes in this show involve killing dads, don't they? Yeah. Shit. I, and, and that is about where the episode ends, but I do Watch wanna, your ass, Conan. I, I do. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Man, Clarence's days are numbered. Yeah. But I do very specifically want to talk about like Gary and his Final dad's thoughts territory almost Please, dear God. L- last bit last bit for this episode okay but very specifically 
I just love where it brings Gary's arc at the end of at the end of this with his conversation with his dad, which to remind everybody wasn't like some kind of illusion where he sent him back in the past. That actually did happen because he gave his dad the idea to do that, and also he was the reason that his dad got unstuck in time. Mm-hmm. So it did happen, but there's this whole interaction where he's going out to to close the the portal to final space because they can't launch the bomb he's got to carry it over there and detonate it himself yeah because like, right time's frozen to. yeah so like as gary's begging his dad not to go because he doesn't want to lose him again god yeah his his dad's talking to him like saying no man i've got to go because you have to because you have to save save the world yourself nah universe is way cooler which is a cool line but also Gary's because they talked about Gary's like anxiety earlier saying like I'm not good enough I'm just this screw up who destroyed 92 star cruisers everything I've done has just been screwing up I couldn't even save avocado it was just all this stuff and he says well what if I'm what if what if I'm not good enough and his dad says well just do your best and he says well what if my best isn't good enough and his dad says well, it's good enough for me. And then he dies. It's such a good scene. That's it's, a good... That's a little cliche, but honestly, I love it. It get, I, I will say it comes back even better after how you know the finale ends. Oh, boy. It oh, is shit. so good. It is so good. And it just kind of brings his arc full circle where he... Where now he, he has this confidence that he can... That he can do this. Um... And if he can't, then he's still just going to try his, his ding-dang best. And that's just so good. Now, final thoughts. All right. Uh, final space territory. Ah, ah, ha, ha, ha. We got jokes. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a really good show. It feels... The whole thing feels uh, choppy. Um, but it feels like it's getting better. And Owen's been listening, and he's adjusting it as he goes. And from episode one all the way up to episode eight, there's, like, a, a clear um, decrease in Gary's annoyingness while still staying true to his initial character. And then, like, the show, this show's getting better, and it's apparent. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really good. It's, it's, tell, it's telling a cool story, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Or do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, one thing I do want to say real fast is, like, I know it's... Of course, we want to um, credit the guy who made this stuff, but just, like, I never want to, like, overlook all the other talented people on the crew who are, like, also working their butts off. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, step on what you're saying, Gavin. I just want to say everyone who's working on this show is doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Every single part of this is is just fantastic. The The animation is is really smooth, really good. Yeah, it's good. Um, but anyway, yes, that was cheesy. Anyway, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with it. I mean, I knew that Nick liked it a whole lot, and I trusted his judgment. And I was like, all right, this will be decent. I Nick was like, likes Speed Racer a whole lot. So. All right, listen. Hey. hey. Let me give him something. Wait, wait, wait. He wait, deserves wait, wait, something. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. I like Speed Racer, but it's a bad show. All right. I like Final Space. Because I love Final Space. 
I like I like the show. I like every person behind it. It's just good. So good. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I it's one of the few like like I said earlier, adult animation doesn't normally tend to interest me. But this is good. I like how they could kind of, you know, push the berry a little bit, but they don't rely on being gross, being raunchy, and being like, look at boobs and sex jokes. It's just really good. It's solidly written. It's a good show. Good story. Looks well, good. I enjoy- one of the robots is named Boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different from like, freaking, that's different. That's different. Boobs. It's not, the whole show is not relying on it. It's, I, an, it's an immature joke to show that Gary is immature. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit. It looks good. It's got some real bops in there. I want to see more. Hey, whoever's doing the lighting while they're in space, mm. you're killing it. Mm, yeah. which, I think is, which I think is really cool because usually lighting is something that gets brought up a lot with 3D animation. But it's it's so cool to see it get used really well in, in this kind of animation. Final Space is... Don't get me wrong, it's 2D, except for the, the intro, but it's 2D, but the, the camera is just fucking fluid as shit, so oh, you man. get a kind of 3D effect. There... You, you really do feel the whole space around where the characters are. and Not always, but sometimes, well, right, when, but... when they want it to be. Yeah, there are times when the characters move, and I'm like, did they use 3D models for that? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I've, I've said it many times, I absolutely adore this show. I mean, really, I'm just so inspired by by everything that went into the making of this show. That Olin Rogers, he he had this idea and he wanted to he wanted to make it, and he worked so hard to to make it, and he put so much of himself in it, and he put so much of himself out there. And what I think is the coolest part of it all is the way that he's been kind of acting after the first season was put out. He would constantly talk to the fans. He would. Whenever somebody had a critique for the show, he would always speak to them directly. And the first thing that he would say is, thank you so much for your honest critique. And he's been putting that into effect. He he said that so many times. I remember there was a story about this guy who put out a review on YouTube. And after that happened, well, the guy's review was, was, he said he really didn't like it. He said it, he said it was one of the worst shows he'd seen, the, he'd seen in the season. Jeez. And... Well, that's true, but then Olin went to the guy and he's like, "No, thank you for your for your honest feedback. I'm I'm going to to make changes to improve what you talked about." And because of that, the guy who made that review is like, "Yeah, I didn't like the show wasn't for me. I didn't like it, but I'm still going to support the hell out of it because this guy is great." If you put effort into a show. When Squidbillies exists out there, <laughs> it's pretty hard to be the worst. Yeah, well, he said it was of that year that it came out, but I think he was exaggerating. Um, regardless, it's just cool to see... Us critics thrive on negative criticism. It is both fun to write and to read. <laughs> but I think what is... One of my favorite characters. Y'all who know yeah, who that is? Yeah, oh yeah. But I think... Don't name it. I won't, I won't. Fucking audience has to know that shit. What is just so cool is is just those two things put together. It's that he put himself out there... And then some people didn't like it, but then he's like, okay, I'm going to improve the show. I'm going, cause, and, and it's not taking his identity out of it. Because I feel like so much of like the whole like Gary talking all the time and, and all of like some of the right, some of the, so some of the things that people don't like are parts of his personality. 
but he's going to try and make the show better, even if it means taking out something that he originally wanted to put in. It's weird. The level of world building and, and style of j- just the style of the show mm-hmm. and how things are conducted, it would be pretty hard to take the personality out of it if you tried. Yeah, no, it's it's really fantastic. And again, it's not just Olin. Every person that went into it was fantastic. And yeah, I'm just... This show is so great, and even ratings. even when it even when it isn't perfect, I still just love the hell out of it. Ratings, yeah, ratings, rating time, yep, rating time. Um, now nah, you go first. All right. So giving this show an objective rating is hard because mm-hmm. I because it's always hard to give shows an objective rating. But I would say I always have to remember what I rated other shows. But I'm just going to say that what this show is, I would, I'm going to give it a very strong 7.5 out of 10. Really? You're low, really? You're low balling this shit. Really? On, I was expecting at least 8. Put your heart into it, you bastard. <laughs> well, don't make us tell you what to do. No, I'm telling you what to do. Jeez. That's gonna, a bullshit rating. I'm going to say right below 8. All right. I'm going to say right below 8. Because here's the thing. This show is fantastic, but I know it has room to grow into something even better. Mm-hmm. It is... To the point where I can see a lot of flaws in this show. Like, certain episodes, I'll watch it, and I'll just be like, I didn't really enjoy that. But I know that the team behind this, and with the effort that they've put into it so far, I know that they can, and I believe that they probably will make this into something even better. So I'm going to say, I'll give it an 8. I'll give it an 8. But no higher than an 8. <laughs> because everything higher than an 8 is where they're going to be. Nice. Okay. Um, I wanted to give it an 8, even, exact, so you're like, what, 7.9 or 7.9 or 8, somewhere around that. I'm gonna give it an 8, just because, um, 7, 7 range seems like it's, you know, worth my time, and I'll, you know, check up on it a little bit more. 6 is like, it exists, and it's fine, and 5 is, you know, getting to... 7 is worth my time and i would definitely check up on this and like you know i'll I'll watch it a little bit eight is where i'm starting to be like huh damn you know and so i'm going to give final space an eight just because i don't think uh again it has a lot of room to grow and i know it's probably going to get way up there later but um Right now, a lot of Gary's... Ju- Gary is very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and they know that. I'm a play- And he knows that. He and again, knows this that. is just based on, on... on on Gavin's opinion is just based on eight episodes in season one. Nothing the, from season the, two yet. But the... Yeah, that's true. But the story seems concise, and the, the fact that this was a thing beforehand... Um, leads me to believe that it's not going to become this this long drawn out thing where they're trying to make up the answers as they go that's always a lot better for uh show's creation it's it, it allows them to focus on execution rather than writing the what's going to happen next so yeah i, I feel like this this story is going to be um very good it's not it's it's it ain't no fucking gravity falls or samurai jack yet but mm-hmm. I believe it could get there. Yeah. Laura? Mm-hmm. I just... I give the show a chicken bop out of ten because holy crap, they got some <laughs> real jams in there. Oh my god. I got some new things to find to put in my Spotify, y'all. Mm-hmm. Episode six, 
you know, the one where Avocado died. But before that, <laughs> when they were planet jumping... <laughs> oh, that was jamming. Well, okay, when they were spacewalking down to the first planet, that was just the most metal-ass scene. With the... Just, like, it fucking claps of thunder and, like, metal music. And then Avocado couldn't hear Gary over the music, but whatever. <laughs> that was a good touch. And then... The second time they, like, planet jumped and they started up the kick-ass music again, but it was only, like, a five-second-long sequence before it just ended and they landed on their faces on the other planet. It was funny as hell, but it was also good as shit. Good mm. show. It was, it was great. Thank you, time! Thank you to my good cousins Anna for doing the art and Sammy for doing the lettering on our good, wonderful, awesome cover image. Please check the podcast description where you can find links to their social medias where they have their good art stuff. Thank you! Um, I'm gonna give a shout-out to my good boy, Chongo. And I'm going to give him a shout-out for being the goodest boy at making the musical notes. Because, speaking of chuckity bops, Chongo's got them, alright? If you want, you know, songs about hats. Goddamn, have I got news for you. Uh, our theme song, Bacon Hat, is um, what you heard at the beginning of the episode, but you can also check out his whole album, Hat Shop. Uh, we got links in the description, as always. You can check out his band, uh, Go Child! Exclamation point, with Penny Parker. Um, it's a really nice fucking band. Uh, Blue did vocals. Yeah, uh, check out their new album called Coffee and Ramen that has some hot diggy jams. Yeah. You were listening to it, actually, just the other day. You were, um... Yeah, I was showing... You and, and Sissy and Megan were on Spotify, and you were all, like, showing each other shit, and then you brought up, uh, Good Child's new album. Yeah, my favorite off of that is Half Cap. It's good. It's good shit. Laura's recommendation, Nick. All right, well, this is the part of the show that now that I'm unemployed, or, or <laughs> I'm still unemployed, like, I don't have anything to talk about. Or do I have anything to talk about? Yes, you yes. do. Oh, that's right. You have a fucking job. Okay, I'll do my best. You bastard. Finally, thank you to Lunar Light Studio for having us on the network. Check out the Lunar Light Studio Patreon at lunarlightstudio.com slash Patreon to help support our podcasts. Also, uh, check out Final Space this week if you're listening to this close to when it was put out otherwise just watch season two of final space it's i think good. This, the whole episode is just an advertisement for final space partially i want people to watch it it's good yeah um also check out our social media uh, we're at storyboard underscore cast on twitter and storyboardcast.tumblr.com and send us an email at a storyboardcast at gmail.com and leave us a rating on itunes or whatever if you wanna that'd be cool Thank you. All right, guys. Um, we go watch more of this. I would uh, love to. There's an episode premiering tonight, so yes, I'm gonna watch more of it right now. Yeah. Well, let's you know go what do Nick's it. doing. Um, yeah. I gotta finish out the season and then get caught up. Yeah, I gotta watch do. the episodes that I missed. So Ooh. let's go do that. All right. Adios. Bye, everyone. Oh Bye, my friends. ankles! Oh, I've been oh my god! Sitting down for a long time.
talking about Joe John DiMaggio yeah um but then we were talking about about what Samurai Jack well oh, last thing I said was uh Tom Kenny played a couple of characters early this on this podcast is Moana and Samurai Jack is the ocean oh <laughs> 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 That needs to be in the final cut. That does. <laughs> that doesn't need to be in the final cut. That's just the truth. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.